We encourage oh, swearing. Oh, great, because, man, if I didn't want to rip in the fucking Spivey versus Morton for <laughs> weeks now. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> Ever seen that scene in, uh, in uh, Wayne's World? I've That's seen every scene in Wayne's World. Have you seen that movie before? I've heard about it's it. It's new, but it's good. Yeah, it's not too bad. What was the scene that you were talking about? When uh, when the when his friends go uh, three, two. <laughs> it was very Mike Pava just a second. Yeah. Welcome to Three Way Theater. Yeah, Three Way Theater presents Best in Show. Five Star Classic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Mike Pava. I'm Lumberjack. And I'm JC. We have a special guest today. Oh. As always. On Best in Show. That's right. We always have a special guest in the house, and today we have Todd Harris. <laughs> Harris, how you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? We're doing yeah. fantastic, especially uh, after watching Super Brawl 1991. You're going to be doing a lot better after you finish that delicious Stella Artois. Yes. Sponsored here on Best in <laughs> Show. Can't, we can't say we that. We can't no, say no. that? I would love that. No, I'm no. just drinking an apple juice. But would you guys yes. be interested in a delicious blue moon? Uh, <laughs> we can't You we have can't a giant that. blue moon logo behind you, but that does not mean yeah. we're sponsored. Are you sure? Yeah. Yes. So you're saying we didn't... Get a sponsorship, and I just stole that from a bartender's ball. Mm-hmm. I believe that's the case. Oh, yes. Okay. Um, I have a quick question, Todd Harris. Mm-hmm. Yep. When were you born? <laughs> February twenty seventh, nineteen ninety eight. Holy fuck! February. <laughs> where were you guys? February twenty seventh, nineteen ninety eight. Ninety eight. Uh, I was in MTE's backyard. <laughs> what, what was the month? February. Yeah. Yeah. So it was triple Tripolicious. Versus Richard Pacifico <laughs> for the NCW heavyweight title in MTE's backyard, <laughs> and I smashed Richard Pacifico no, yes. no way. with a pimp stick. Batters up, batters, batters up. up, racked him in That's the face. That's one of my favorite things ever. <laughs> that act that happened February nineteenth, nineteen ninety eight. So wow, upload that to dot Boom. Where's my my and VCR? And a picture of Todd Harris. <laughs> <laughs> so Todd, like. You started. Wa- you you were born in '98. When did you start watching wrestling? 2011. Wow. <laughs> so how old were you? I was. I'm not good at math. <laughs> I was 12, turning 13. Okay. So I oh, think wow. it was at an NCW show where you mentioned to me what was the match that really made you a fan of wrestling. The match that made me a fan of wrestling was Alberto Del Rio <laughs> versus Edge <laughs> at WrestleMania 27. <laughs> It's kind of like how Steve Austin <laughs> felt on Tough Enough when it was like Melina. Versus- Melina. <laughs> yeah, that's how I felt when Todd told me that it was Alberto Del Rio versus Ed. But he was 12. Yeah, but I was him- 12 and I had never seen wrestling at all at that point. Right, and no, it was I know. probably fucking awesome to him. Yeah. Like, And Edge is like the 
most badass dude I've ever seen in wrestling. See, For this sure. this is the shit we lose out on because of our age. Well, when we're already like jaded and shit. It's true because wrestling is for kids. Like when you start watching, like it really is something that when you see it when you're a young kid, it's the best thing ever. The first thing I ever watched in wrestling was the Big Boss Man wishing his mom a happy Mother's Day, and then he got beat up by. Uh, the Mountie and I believe the Nasty Boys on Superstars and like that was like one of the first things I ever watched and like looking back on it now I'm like oof but it was so fucking cool I was indoctrinated in the early 90s which some people would call the worst era of wrestling like the mid 90s no like like as when I was a big born I was raised on wrestling and stuff and there's pictures of me on my first birthday so that'd be 91 April of 91 where I'm opening uh, a Ted DiBiase action figure and I got a Ted DiBiase wrestling buddy and Ultimate Warrior and shit. So I was, you know, and some people would say, oh, 91, 92 is the worst. But well, my I loved it. WrestleMania, I had a WrestleMania 8 birthday party, which should be surprising since I was born in December. <laughs> I refused <laughs> to have my birthday party in December. And I said, Ma, I want a WrestleMania birthday party. And we did. That 1992, had, I had WrestleMania 8 party. And it was fucking awesome. That's the first. Was the fucking, that was a shit. Yeah, that's the first wrestling I remember was WrestleMania 8. Yeah. From the Hoosier Dome. Yeah. yeah. Brother. Arriba McIntyre. <laughs> Arriba! <laughs> well, mm, I, I just, I, I, so when you told me about Alberto Del Rio versus Edge, it just, it blew my mind. But also, Jake brings up a great point. It's something that, like, you're a kid, that's the first thing you've seen. Like, that's fucking awesome. And, like, I get it. It surprised the hell out of me, but I get it. So where were you that you were watching WrestleMania? Uh, I was at my friend's house down the street. They had been watching wrestling for a while at that point. So, like, the year before, they like, I was in tune with, like, what was happening between, like, Undertaker and Kane, for example, and that whole storyline. But I didn't Undertaker really... and Kane in 2007. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, whatever. Like, 2010, that whole yeah, yeah, yeah. Native yeah. States it was I just, want, I just want people to know it was not the 1998 Undertaker yeah, and Kane so, that we're talking about. So... I mean, so Mikey and I, we were in high school during the Attitude Era, the huge, when wrestling fucking blew up and was huge. Was wrestling cool in school while you were in school, like in high school and in grade school? Uh, Fourth grade, that was about the only time. And that's like when all my friends were liking it. And I was just like, this is stupid. This is the most (laughs) retarded thing I've ever seen in my life. Now, what year would you think that would be? 2007. Okay, right. so that was probably the uh, John Cena influence on people being oh, a the local guy. Chris Benoit influence. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever heard Ag's uh, take his lyrics for the Chris Benoit theme? No. You should ask him. Uh, he won't say it. Not on the air anyway. Oh. He doesn't speak. First I kill my wife, then I kill my son. First I kill my wife, then I kill my son. And if you have any hate mail about that, uh, at. Retro AG. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's really cool. I just like that talk, kind of getting a feel for you know what was popular for you and like wrestling really wasn't cool, huh? Like that's like yeah, that's pretty yeah. We, I mean, we really were. We lived the charm life. Yeah, you were spoiled. Up. Like uh, yeah. when I grew up, I, like when the Attitude Era kicked off ninety seven, ninety eight. I was seven or eight years old. So like. I grew up thinking, like, yeah, wrestling's cool. But then, like, in the early 2000s when I was still talking about wrestling, I'm like, why isn't everyone else into this, right? Right, <laughs> right guys? But, like, the fact that, like, you, you recollect WrestleMania 8 being one of the first big shows that you were able to watch. And then, uh, like, just kind of being there for the Attitude Era and the explosion of WCW, ECW, and WWF. Like, man, we just fucking, we are lucky. 
I yeah. was I was lucky enough to be at a lot of you, big events. I'm so fucking jealous of all the events you were got to go to. I, I, I couldn't even like name them all. Like yeah. that's how lucky I am. Future Sur- Survivor Series ninety six. Uh, Survivor Series ninety six, Survivor Series two thousand and two. Uh, Survivor Series 2010. You were there the night McFoley won the world title for the first time. That's right. Rooster. WrestleMania 14, WrestleMania mm-hmm. 20. He was there for uh, seven. He was, he was at the ECW show that uh, Flash Funk and Cactus Jack yes. left. November 2, November 96. Fuck, man. Just to put it in perspective, when McFoley won the WWF title for the yep. first time, yeah, I wasn't even a year old at that point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. I'll put butt in the seats. No. He was being tortured watching seven road dog matches. <laughs> <laughs> So, I have a question for Todd. Okay. Um, have you? Do you go back and do you watch older wrestling from stuff before you were born? Yeah, absolutely. Um, WrestleMania Eight. I was just watching it yesterday. All right. Classic. Perfect. Um, I love Ric Flair versus Macho Man. It's such a great story that was being told there. I love the Owen time. Hart versus Skinner. Isn't <laughs> <laughs> that magical? Like thirty seconds. Sure did. Spit in his face, threw him out of the ring, skinned the cat. Victory uh, Connor roll. One, Five two, star three. classic. Five right, stars. <laughs> um, that's what, okay. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Well, let's let's tell people what we do on this show. Oh, okay. Oh yeah, we're gonna need to do that. Yeah, oh, go for it, Mikey. Well, uh, we take a wrestling event and we watch it all the way through, and each of us we watch it separately. So we take notes and we have to decide. What our favorite match on the entire show is. Also, individually for each match, we pick our favorite spot of the match. Now, we will take votes. We will write down our answers on a piece of paper, which will later be revealed at the end of the show. Because we're looking for the best match, but on the flip side of that coin, we're also looking for the worst match. Exactly. And (laughs) we watched WCW Super Brawl 91, so that might be a a little bit of a competition. I'd Uh, say we have a lot of competition in both categories. Yeah, so Jake, I'm going to turn this back to you, and I need to ask, um, what made you choose Super Brawl 91? Well, I believe that, uh, here you go, Todd, you want to write down your best and worst matches of the night. Um, I believe Super Bowl 91, I, uh, I took a look at the card, and I saw it was very varied. I There were some things that I was like, uh, that's something I definitely want to watch in general, let alone uh, for a podcast and discuss it. So there was definitely some ups and downs, and that's kind of like what I was looking for. Oh, it was disgusting. <laughs> I think that... Uh, I think that 91 in WCW, this is before Flair left, so it's really before things like the wheels came off, I Did feel. Did you plan, so we our last Best in Show for, uh, you know, coming back in 2018, we reviewed WCW Beach Blast 93, which was kind of during uh, a very crazy period for WCW with the NWA in the international World Heavyweight title. Yeah. This was kind of the genesis of the... Uh, Issues between the NWA and WCW, yeah. issues with the world title. Was that uh, something that you had planned, or it was just happy accident? Yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yep, totally planned that. Uh-huh. You're welcome for my research. Uh-huh. Yep. So just lucky shot in the dark. Definitely didn't plan that. Yep, totally did. Don't you think your bun's a little too tight, Mike Pava? <laughs> um, all right. So, I mean... This was definitely an interesting show to pick. It was the first ever Super Brawl, right? Yes, this is the inaugural Super Brawl. Uh, Mikey wouldn't know that because he watched Super Brawl 92. <laughs> yeah, Mikey, uh, I understand you watched Super Brawl 92. What'd you well, think of that one? You see, um, I had started watching Super Brawl 91. Super and, Brawl. Uh, <laughs> and I had fallen asleep, so it... Shocking. 
automatically started playing Super Brawl 92. So when I turned my PlayStation back on, I'm not done yet. When I turned my PlayStation back on, it uh, it was already playing Super Brawl 92, and I just continued watching it as if it was Super Brawl <laughs> 1991. You're like, shit, Liger and Pillman missed. I thought I already watched Pillman's match. You worked twice that night? <laughs> um. I will say that uh, Beach Blast 93, I mentioned last episode, took me three views to get through, three three sittings. Yeah. Um, I was able to get through Super Brawl in one sitting. This the, this Everything felt fairly short on this card. Which was surprising because it was a 12-match card. 12 yeah. fucking <laughs> matches. Um, which may also explain why everything felt short. When I heard Tony Schiavone say there were 12 big matches on this card, I just said, fucking Lumberjay. <laughs> God damn it. I that is a classic Lumberjay yeah, move. Yeah, let's pick the most possible matches squeezed in there. It's one of my favorites. So shall we dive right in? Um. Yeah, so Jake, I mean, you were... the votes in yet? Nope, I'm doing mine right now. Um, I you, last show you had a ton of notes about like as far as stuff about the show. Yeah. Did you get any specific um like notes about this show? Um, like did you know that the night before this show, WWF ran a house show in the same building? Yeah, I actually uh, believe I have the card of the WWF show. If you want to hear that, yeah, run it down. There was. Let's see if I can find this. Yeah, WWF um kind of. Screwed over. Which was a classic WWF move that they did back in the day. They would always run. If they couldn't run in the same building, they tried to run in the same town just to try to fuck with WCW. Yeah, WWF ran Tampa, Florida, drew 5,100 people. And the card was uh, Ricky Steamboat versus Haku, Mr. Perfect versus the British Bulldog, the Mountie versus the Big Boss Man, Ted DiBiase versus Rowdy Roddy Piper, uh, Power and Glory versus the Bushwhackers, the Berserker versus Tugboat, the Rockers versus the Orient Express, and the Ultimate Warrior versus the Undertaker. Now 5,100 at, 5, at the WWF show. What was WCW's attendance for Super Brawl? Do we I, have I that? believe 4,887. Wow. Yeah, so almost 5,000. So it was there. definitely... Uh, it, was a, it was a classic WWF move. And when you have like Warrior versus Undertaker... On top, like you're you're trying to put the screws to them the best you can. Yeah, and, and you can also kind of tell that both sides were uh, struggling a little bit. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, I think this show because for a lot of people this was the beginning of the end, especially with Flair, um, like getting ready to leave. Like this was a, a real mass exodus of of talent that started the. Yeah, Flair left like fairly soon after this. Yes. No? Yes. Like, was it wasn't that the next next pay per view? They were building to the next pay per view, so that was it Luger. Right, was going to go for Sting. I mean, not Sting. Uh, uh, Flair, Flair versus Luger. Like, yeah. so they were building for the big coronation for for Luger. Wow. So the re- real last big storyline for Flair and WCW was this Tatsumi Fujiyama. Right. Yeah. Luke. The um, yes. awesome. They didn't really make a whole lot of mention of it, but what happened in Japan at there? It was like a Japanese star kid. It's like they a super it. show. It's fucking amazing. Yeah. Can we review that sometime? No. Oh. All right. <laughs> 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 um, Fujinami pinned Flair after a referee bump. And not only did JC was just slipping me a bribe, um, he get, there was a referee bump, and uh, Flair got tossed over the top rope, back body dropped over the top rope, got back in, Fujinami rolled him up, and Flair got pinned one two three. In Japan, Fujinami was the NWA champion. In America, they said he was not, right. and that Ric Flair was still the champion. 
Right. So this is really the beginning of this whole NWA WCW uh, difference of opinion as far as the champions uh, go. Uh, this was really the storyline was created in Japan, really just to appease the NWA bookers. Like these are the guys that like oh we like these are the old stuffy men sitting in that back room. Uh, remember, uh, was it in all the marbles? Or what, what was it seem like all the promoter? Oh, no, it was The Wrestler, 1974, The Wrestler. Yeah, when it was so Vince McMahon and uh, They're sitting Bob around the Geigel pool. And, yeah. They're all sitting around the pool. <laughs> Which is like home. a real thing, though. Yeah, so that's, but that's what this it was. the was. NWA convention. The NWA committee, these board of directors, these old men smoking cigars in the back room, being like, Fujinami, he's our champion. Like, they, that. that's what it went. And by that point, WCW, Ted Turner, they could have given a fuck about the NWA. Like they were already looking past the NWA and, and figuring out that it was just going to be the WCW brand. So like this whole storyline was built just for them, really. So I would say we started off on a fairly hot note. Um, Misty Hyatt. <laughs> oh my God. Like I love how every thankfully every WCW show we've done so far has featured Missy prominently. Yes, Missy Misdemeanor Hyatt. <laughs> I'd like to talk about uh <clears throat> I'd like to talk about another lady that you guys are forgetting about. Oh. Good old Brandy Brown. <laughs> oh my god. Good old Brandy Brown who sang the national anthem. Um tried to Google search Brandy Brown. Found absolutely found a lot nothing. of racist articles about Brandy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, I loved yeah. Randy Brown's hammer pants, like very 1991. I ones that were up to her past her belly button. Yeah. yeah oh, you. Oh, that must have pissed you off. Yeah. Or Abdul the butcher pants. Uh, Todd, I want to invite you to um, jump in, please, at any time. I know we're hard to maybe kind of. But we were just kind of going over our hard notes before the show was like. Yeah, I want. I want the opinion section. How do you feel about belly buttons? Mike Pave is all in on belly buttons. <laughs> what are your thoughts on on stomachs, Todd? <laughs> Where do you stand on tummies? <laughs> on bellies. On pots. Pots. <laughs> I thought I came here to talk about wrestling. (laughs) You are so fucking wrong. I was watching the show with my girlfriend, and she heard the national anthem, and she was like, this is fucking terrible. (laughs) She wasn't even paying attention. Did your girlfriend break up with you after having to watch the show? Um... Unrelated, but yes. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah, oh, I had right. it coming. <laughs> um, I also noticed the really the transfer, the stupid VHS tracking, <laughs> the beginning of this of this show. Like yeah. whoever had the master tapes, Craig Leather really dropped the ball on that one. He had a lot on his plate. If you could, if you uh, actually saw in the end credits, there was a special. Congratulations. Uh, congratulations to Hannah Leather, the new baby Aww. of Craig and Amy Leather. Aww. So sweet. Yes. Craig Leather, Hannah Leather. <laughs> Craig Leather, Hannah Leather. <laughs> How did you guys feel about good old JR and Dusty Rhodes on commentary? Oh, was I was amazing. pleasantly surprised by Dusty's bolo tie. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I thought Dusty, for the most part, was pretty reined in. He was the booker at the time. This was before yeah. Dusty really went crazy on the fucking <laughs> he lost his mind. Yeah, like, there was there was little glimpses of it that you could see, but yeah. he, I wrote down a couple of great Dusty lines. And we'll, uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll get to them. I yeah. love that, uh, he really started losing his temper during the Dustin match. Yes. And he was like, oh, I'm gonna get in there. I don't want to like seeing this. <laughs> that oh. match was something. <laughs> okay, let's start this off. Yeah, let's, let's do, do it. it. Um, we're in uh, we're in Florida, St. Pete, St. Petersburg, Florida, and our opening contest is the fabulous Freebirds with the hugest entourage. Jesus Christ! And I'm just talking about <laughs> Big Daddy Dink. <laughs> I have no recollection of Big Daddy Dink. Yes. Like I'm watching him come to the ring, and I'm like, what the. F- fuck is happening here mikey have did you were you aware that that was oliver humperdinck yes okay because i know you sometimes 
I, I'll tell you, I didn't know. I didn't realize it was him. <laughs> like, I was just, I thought. You didn't know that was Big Daddy Dink? I thought they just fucking got a biker off the street. <laughs> it was like, you're in, brother. You're, you're in gross. gross. <laughs> um, You'll learn. <laughs> um, yeah, Big Daddy Dink, a horrible nickname. He's the uh, road manager for the Freebird. So now they're a rock band. <sighs> Yeah, so they really tried really hard with the Freebirds. I kind of like it. I kind of like the the gimmick there. Um, um, I I didn't hate it, but there was just so many guys. There were so many guys, and uh, 1991, so they just got their hands on the Simon Dean microphone Listen, gimmick. Listen, yeah, the that, headphone. That's fucking that's no, still way ahead of its time. I, yeah. I agree, but I'm just saying that it was something where DDP did not know how to use it. And the kinks were not necessarily worked out. <laughs> right. Like they, it was like an NCW show. There's like, throw it out there and see what happens. See, I don't, <laughs> I don't blame DDP um, because DDP at one point was like, hey, 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 and he completely stopped the announcers in their tracks. They yeah. didn't know what the fuck was going on. Why did the Young Pistols lose their last names? Uh, were they just Tracy and Steve? Yes. 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 Here's the thing about the Young Pistols. They started off as the wild-eyed Southern boys, mm-hmm. Tracy Smothers and Steve Armstrong. Right. They were changed earlier that year to the Southern boys, or the uh, the Young Pistols rather, and they were changed from being from like Georgia and whatever to Cheyenne, Wyoming, and they were made into cowboys because it was more marketable. In the South, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right. The people that mainly run Georgia, having two guys from Georgia, would have been too much. So they wanted to make them into cowboys from Wyoming. And the reason I know all this is because when Tracy Smothers went to Smoky Mountain Wrestling, he cut a promo where he was a babyface, and he said, a lot of people ask me, why did you, uh, when you were up in WCW, why were you so mean to the fans, and why were you saying you were from Wyoming? I'll be honest, I've never been to Wyoming. A bunch of uh, TV executives made me say that stuff, because it was more marketable. And the fans didn't like it, and we started not liking the fans because of it. And that's why we were so that's why we were so mean. I love that old-fashioned wrestling continuity. Like, you had to explain it. Yeah, because those fans didn't forget. Right. Like, that's just a great thing. It's something that's missed a He's lot. He's like, no, no offense to the no people of Cheyenne, Wyoming, but I've never been to Cheyenne, Wyoming. I don't think I'll ever go. <laughs> <laughs> now wrestling fans will forget the thing that happened last week. Yeah. And, well, exactly, because we're trained. Because we're in a different town that week. Yeah, so nothing nothing matters. Clean slate. Yeah. Like, nothing matters. Everything's reset the following nothing week. Nothing carries over. The fact that Tracy Smothers had to wait until years later in a Smoky Mountain promo to, like, explain that away. Tracy Smothers bills. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I thought Stephen Trace. I mean, I just I didn't know why they lost their last names. Like I don't know if it was like when Booker T lost the T. Like I didn't know if they like, lost <laughs> no, their last they names. They're just the uh, Young Pistol Tracy, Young Pistol Steve. I did real. I, I did recognize how popular uh, they the fans loved uh, Bad Street. They loved they loved the Freebirds. They were just throughout the yeah. entire match chanting Bad Street. Yep. Now well, this match is for the United States title. The vacant championship. Yes, it was yeah. vacant because the Steiner brothers were the United States title holders. They beat the Freebirds, who were the world title holders, in about six minutes, completely squashed them. And then they said that they could not hold both belts, so they vacated the U.S. title belt. And uh, no tournament or anything, the Young Pistols just wrestled the Freebirds for the belts. Classic. Just because. Yeah. Um, is it weird for anybody else to have Tracy Smothers be constantly called a kid? <laughs> yeah, it's strange. After knowing him for like not knowing him, well, but knowing Freddie him for, forever, yeah. Uh, I was really hoping for a six-man tag 
when oh. was it Brad that came out? Brad Armstrong, yeah. They, yeah. Uh, they, they did. Were going I, to do it, and uh, then all of a sudden it's just like, all right, get out of here, you guys. Mind. Yeah, um, in the wing, like all ready for a six-man tag, and the next thing you know, they're just like, nah, we're just gonna leave. Now nah, we're just gonna <laughs> kick Big Daddy Dink out, and he's gonna waddle back to the locker room as Jim <laughs> Ross. Waddle, he did. Oh. I'm, I'm glad you clarified that honestly, because in my notes, apparently when I first heard it, I thought it was Big Daddy Dick. Same thing no, in the '90s. That's Big Dick Dudley. You think? Yeah. Oh, all right. Yeah. There yes, was a, a yeah. dick and a dink were the same thing in 92, 91. <laughs> <laughs> um, this match was, it was an okay opener. I know, like, I know, la- like, sometimes the openers in WCW are hit or miss, and I thought this one was pretty decent. Was, I mean, yeah, they, these a, are two teams that have wrestled a bit. Yeah, there was a few uh, weird spots to say the hit least. Hit me with them. Um, like, there was one where... It's like I have in my notes right here. It's like at one point they were going to go get uh, the Freebirds were going to get hit with a uh, double clothesline. And they went like they were going to get hit with it. And then they were just like, oh, wait, we got to pretend like, oh, yeah, we're celebrating real quick. So they sell, they <laughs> turn towards the Young Pistols. <laughs> and they're like, oh, let's celebrate real quick. Yeah. And then they turn, turn around to Tracy. Around yeah, and yeah. Take the clothesline. And it was it was weird. Yeah, there was <laughs> a few like least. odd miscommunications. Um, I thought I, I thought Michael Hayes actually was working very hard in this match. You do a fucking leapfrog. Um, Holy shit! Yeah, uh, <laughs> probably the hardest I've seen Michael Hayes work in a match in a while. Like you apparently, know. Uh, if Jim Cornette's to be believed, the Freebirds are pretty insufferable at this point. Well, I mean, that being said, uh, I feel like I've never seen Michael Hayes take an actual bump before. That's fair, and, and that's uh, nothing against Michael Hayes. I'm just saying. No, you're right. Maybe he doesn't need to, but holy shit, he I've never doesn't seen him need do it. to. Um, but from world class and everything else, like he's not known for being. And I'll go from that to a criticism of him. Anybody notice how he lifts his leg when he runs the ropes? Yeah, it's mm. a little weird. It's, it's quite odd. You know, yeah. I think the, the the best call of the whole night was me being a person that grew up. Not knowing wrestling, always knowing it, either as sweet chin music or a super kick nowadays. Yeah. Just to hear Jim Ross just randomly go out and with a karate kick. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, that was a super kick. Yep. And th- I just popped after hearing that. I was just like, he's just like, a karate kick. Yep, karate kick, savat kick, judo yeah. kick. Like, yeah. Any no different name for it. Thrust kick. Yeah. Overhead venomplex. They're all the same. <laughs> <laughs> um, Brad Armstrong ran out. To um, make peacock running, as I wrote down. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was uh, Fantasia making the run in mm-hmm. and hitting a sweet little DDT off the corner. I thought oh, that those was were a, sweet. Yeah, he I did a that was cool. It's kind of like spinning DDTs, but facing the other way. Did he become um, little Richard? Mar- a little um, uh, uh, what was it? Marley. Little Richard Marley. Little no, Richard Marley. I can tell you who uh, the the identity of Fantasia was. Brad, Brad Armstrong. Armstrong. Yeah, Brad. Brad Armstrong ran into the same match twice and <laughs> fucking helped different people. Wow. <laughs> All right. Was so, it later revealed that Fantasia was? No. No. Okay, no. so it was just. No. Also, Fantasia, um, they were going to get sued by Disney, so they quickly renamed him to Bad Street. Oh, but Oz Brad is okay. Street. <laughs> well, <laughs> Brad Street, that'd be brilliant. Um, by the way, Oz was okay because. They uh, T- the TNT had Turner just had acquired the rights, the to, rights yes. to not only RoboCop but also the Wizard of Oz, and they both yeah. made appearances in WWE. We got to do the RoboCop sometime. Yeah, Capital oh. Combat or something. Oh God! Yes. Man. Also, ninety-one, I think. So let's. <laughs> so at the end of the day, uh, the, because of the run into the Peacock, um, <laughs> Fabulous Freebirds won the United States Tag Team Titles. 
Um, let's go around and talk about our spots of the match. Todd Harris, why don't you kick things off? Uh, well, honestly, I popped huge for especially when Jim Ross was like, in a karate kick, as I've said for the third <laughs> time now. I don't know. That was the biggest pop of the match. All right. Just by what he All said, right. and that led into the hot tag. So I thought that was definitely awesome. Mikey. Um, there was a spot when the Freebirds threw one of the young pistols outside, and they went to double whip them into Big Daddy Dink, who was going to clock him on the outside. But he ducked. But he ducked, turned around, Hit dink. popped Dink, and then double clotheslined the free birds yeah, I was totally down with on that the spot. outside. That was my favorite spot. That was cool. JC? Uh, so my spot of the match was pretty much Tracy's mother's entire hot tag. Tracy's uh, mother's hot tag? Yes. <laughs> Tracy's. She's a wonderful woman. Brought her for a nice steak dinner. <laughs> Did not call her back. Um... His entire hot tag is hop over, sidekick, wrong corner, super dive, hot tag. Like just it was it was just like not a lot of energy from yeah. Smothers that I really enjoyed. I was a big fan of. There was a point where uh, one of the Southern boys or the, one of the Young Pistols was trying to roll up Michael Hayes, and the other one leapfrogged over it and let yep. the O'Connor happen. I thought that was amazing. Definitely. Um, I also started to keep track during this match of the blonde mullet count. <laughs> and there were a lot. Uh, so just want to just keep that in mind as we start. So right now we're at three. We're at three wow. to kick off just with the opener. <laughs> the first match. Did you count Missy? Uh, yes, I did, actually. <laughs> that makes it four. Well, she's not up here oh, yet. Right. Yeah, she's so next. Okay. But, uh, yeah, um, I, this you know, you know when you realize that when the decade changes over and styles kind of still... Like the it take a couple takes a couple years. They hang around a bit. Yeah. yeah. So, but this was a real weird show for like a mixture of like you still had some of those like neon, '80s style clothing. They hadn't really fully committed. But then, as we saw later with the crowd, a lot of Bart Simpson shirts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like just it, it was a real interesting thing to look at the audience and even the wrestlers' gear and their and their hairstyles. Yeah, I like that the Freebirds finally changed with the times and uh, made it to 1987. <laughs> <laughs> We'll be back. Uh, JC, how long did that match feel to you? Uh, about 10 minutes. It was uh, 10 minutes, yeah. 19 seconds. Nice. Oh, Good right. one. Very close. Uh, this is uh, the point where the VHS made an edit and cut everything until the tape fist match. Wait, what? The, VHA, the VHS edit of this oh, home video oh, release oh. cut oh. everything until the taped fist match. Oh. At this point. Well, thank God. Because <laughs> Todd would have loved the fucking the the Time Warner, yeah. the Time Warner release. I hate next, those shows. They get me so mad because I miss so much. Because the next contest is Ricky Morton versus Dangerous Danny Spivey. Yeah. <laughs> whoa, whoa. So go ahead. Yeah. Uh, Todd's very fired what up about the that. fuck with this match? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, like wait, like you have a fucking like. Morton starts firing up and everything. Next thing you know, oh no, you don't. Oh, he's like, oh no, you don't. Hits him with a DDT. I'm like, wow, they just finished the last match with a DDT, and now we're just hitting it out of nowhere for a fucking cutoff. And no, for nothing. Right after that, then we get a razor's edge, yep. which later on in the show is being used as another fucking finish. So there's that. You make many good points, Todd. And then he's making very logical. But he's very angry about no, it. No, I like it. He's fired like up. Fire? I like the fire. Right. He's firing up like Ricky Morton tried to. <laughs> <laughs> Which was awful, by the way. Um, and then a leg drop. And then, you know, biggest freaking 
Cresswell at the time as Hulk Hogan. Well, okay, well, that, that, I'll, that I'll call you out on just because WCW and WWF, they're not going to, they'll, they'll try no, to undercut no, that. That I understand. And, and I'll say this I have it written down Spivey has an amazing leg drop. Yeah, oh. he had a good leg drop. He was also no, dressed like Barry Windham. I have two notes from this match. Only two. Just two, huh? Yes. One note Should Dan Spivey had been a bigger star? Like, should he, like, obviously injuries slowed him down in the later years. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I was always a huge fan of the Waylon Mercy gimmick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but should, like, just based on, like, that nice leg drop and, like, he really imposing. like a fucking psychopath in the mm-hmm. eyes. Like, he looked like a lunatic. Like, I feel like he should have been a bigger star. I feel like they, they threw themselves all in on, like, the Sid Vicious thing. And, like, they're always, like, obsessed with getting. But, like, <laughs> Danny Spivey was such an unfortunate victim of Sid Vicious because he was t- he was teamed with Sid teamed Vicious with him, yep. and Sid Vicious nobody can fucking stand next to Sid Vicious I remember watching those matches and Danny Spivey would be in and getting heat and then when Sid would get tagged in the fucking place would explode mm-hmm. and yeah. pop huge but they even called Spivey the master of the powerbomb in this match and it made me call like because I mean the last show we just did the masters of the powerbomb um, by the way Spivey two powerbombs Master of the powerbomb. Zero. So who's <laughs> fucking ahead of that one? <laughs> I just, uh, I feel like, I feel like Spivey, like, I, not that they missed the boat on him, but I feel like they didn't capitalize on what could have been potential. He was also apparently a bit of a hothead and uncontrollable. That's but Sid Vicious wasn't? Yeah, good point. <laughs> he wasn't much of a hothead. He He's was only he half- killed Arn Anderson. He's wow. only got half the brain that you do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, He's got a leg up on the competition to leave. Oh. 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 Speaking of that, I showed that to my friends the other day, and they just like they turned away from the. <laughs> to this yep. day, I still have not watched the spot. Good for you. Good I, for you. I have. I could not do it when it happened live. I'm actually desensitized to it at this point. <laughs> like not... leg breaks still bother me, but that one does not. <laughs> that one. Um, my... I, have, I have a question for you guys. Yes. Uh, do you think that? Uh, Ricky Morton should have given Spivey a Japanese arm drag. Yes, <laughs> I wrote that down. <laughs> so yes, you, yes, do you think, think he should, should have given it? Yes. <laughs> Listen, do you know how many times I've had people say, "No, nah, I'm not fucking taking your Japanese arm drag." But Ricky Morton gave one to Dangerous sh- Dan Spivey. Sure fucking did. You you remember when that you, was actually one of the best Japanese arm drags I've ever seen. Remember when you and Jason Blade gave Rui Batello a Japanese arm drag? <laughs> yeah. Double Japanese arm drag. Mm-hmm. That to this day, I bet if we asked Rui about it, he would still shit his. Pants, <laughs> which wouldn't be the first time he shit his pants <laughs> during a wrestling match. Oh, man. Um, my other note from this match, my because again, this not even for the match. Uh, is it in the WCW rulebook that all referees need porn stashes? Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's another holdover from the eighties coming in there. Yeah, and uh, Magnum por- TA style porn stashes and curly mullets. Yeah. It was all the well, rage. speaking of mullets, we got to add to the count Ricky Morton in this match. And Dan Spivey. Yep, so we're up to five <laughs> on the mullet count. Dan Spivey just went out there not giving a fuck. He treated fucking Ricky Morton like he was a piece of shit. And, and, Ricky, and Ricky Morton knew it because he no-sold shit. He no-sold shit, and for the fucking finish, he kicked out at three. Well, he pinned him with one <laughs> foot. What the fuck do you want him to Listen, do? I I agree. This was what he was Jesus like. Jesus Christ. He's like wiping his nose. He barely like sold the thing. And oh then one, God. two, just. You mentioned Smoky Mountain earlier. This, to me, felt like such a Smoky Mountain show with some of the talent on the, on the card. Like, just like, you know, Morton, yeah, Bobby Tim Eaton. Warner was here. <laughs> it yeah. Fucking if the Thrill Seekers showed up, it would have been great. <laughs> If you if you haven't heard Jim Cornette bury Tim Horner, go listen to that. It's fantastic. Anything so else before we get to favorites? Let's go match? to. Sp- I mean, I don't know. I have nothing else. I like that. Uh, 
I like that Spivey didn't give a fuck about anything else. It was the, he went to the Taz method of wrestling where if you don't give a fuck about the other guy, you can get over. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm like, pretty sure young Taz was sitting there watching. Yeah, brother, I can do that. <laughs> Throw these fucking meat hooks. <laughs> <laughs> And I, I think you did a good follow-up slam on Ricky Morton. Pretty good one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, spot of the match. Uh, Todd, let's go. Uh, the the leg drop is about all I'm going to say. <laughs> it's the best spot because I pretty good despise leg drop. this match. Man, despise, I can't wait, I, you I can't wait till we it. get further in the card. Oh, yeah, I, um, I love it. So my favorite spot of the match is uh, <laughs> fucking Ricky Morton trying to do a nice little shine. And he's just trying to fucking punch at Spivey, but Spivey keeps throwing him out. Out of the ring, yeah. And he gets back in, and he does, like, this jumping punch to start <laughs> every time. And he just kept doing it three or four times. He just kept throwing him out, and he kept sliding back in. I, I like that. like it. Um, um, and Mordnos actually almost kills some of the ring girls that are walking by. The first time he gets checked out of the ring, he almost, like, lands on a bunch of girls. Oh, my God. Um, spot of the, I, I, I also, I, I thought the leg drop was nice looking and I also noted like not really a spot of the match, but I thought Morton, everything he took, he sold it like a champ. Like he really, like he tried his best in there, but, uh, he had no chance in hell. No, it was <laughs> the, I mean, it was, I, I had a bad feeling about the match when the, <laughs> the announcer was like, it's Dan Spivey, and then graphic says Danny Spivey. I'm like, so which is it? Hey, leave Gary Michael Capetta alone. The, the world's most dangerous ring announcer. <laughs> Jim Cornette could not get that over enough. Jim Jay, Ross, Jim Ross yeah. Um, Jake, what was your spot of the match? Um, Yeah, I think I'm going to go with the follow-away slam. Or uh, one of the crucifix power bombs. <laughs> One of them. Okay. One. Pick one. Sure. I mean, the match wasn't that long, so. Oh, uh, JC, how long did the match fill to you? 25 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I felt the Todd Harris. It's like, just kill no, Ricky Morton. He's already dead. Honestly, it was. It had to have been like a three-minute match. Uh, three minutes, 11 seconds. Nice. nice. All right. Good today. All right. Uh, next, we get a recap of Missy Hyatt going into mm -hmm. the locker room. Uh, six on the mullet count. <laughs> nice. Uh, also, uh, Tony Schiavone and Z-Man are together. Yes. Yeah, I know, right? Oh, R.I.P. Z-Man. I believe it was a torn bicep leading into this. Oh, I thought you were going to say the torn bicep he passed away from. Uh, no, no. <laughs> oh. They didn't find him for a week. A week. Um, um, so Missy Hyatt looks great, right? Oh, yeah. This is a continuation of Listen, the uh, previous... I think it was either the Clash or the previous pay-per-view. Yes, it was the where, Clash. Where Missy went into the men's locker room and found Stan Hansen, who kicked her out, called her a big fat heifer, <laughs> told her to get her big butt big, out of big here. Big fat butt out of here. And he hit her with his hat. Um, this is actually a. This was actually ended up being a contest, a uh, phoning contest, where the fans would call in, right. vote on whether or not Missy Hyatt would be get, allowed, would be allowed, allowed in, the back locker in the locker room. Now, yeah. here's the thing. Go for it. Is this supposed to be, like, looking back at this now, it's very, it's, it's very, very feminist. Feminist. It's yes. very progressive in a way. This, where she's saying she wants to be, and she's a heel for it. Um. So this is a rib. This was based on an actual. Uh, I don't have her name right now. I think oh, it this was what happened in the NFL, right? Yes. Oh. This happened where a female reporter was in the and ended up in the locker and room and she saw a bunch of guys naked. Right. So this is actually. Wait, so what did she, 
It was just so one what? of those. She's, it was a controversy. Yeah, it just became a big controversy at that the time. She was in what are you women doing in the locker room? Oh, it wasn't that like, she was just being a woman. Oh, she saw a bunch of fucking dudes, hogs hanging Dicks out. Hanging and, out. You what, know. Do you, what do you expect when you go in a locker room? It's exactly. 1991. It's a very different time. Um, but this was, women want to be reporters? What's next? Weathermen? That's what she's like. I want, I want to be the first. I want to interview just like men should interview. And I want to be allowed in the locker room. And I should be allowed to also wear a shirt. But no. <laughs> no. She should not be allowed to wear a shirt. Yeah, I agree to disagree. Man. Listen, if she wants yeah. to have all these rights, she needs to put on a goddamn shirt. Missy, you on a bra! Missy, you've she got had like, a bra on! <laughs> Missy, you've got like four more years. Just... Oh, Stretch. Oh, Missy is sure so fucking fine. But yes, this was a rib. This was like a spoof on this whole. Okay, makes sense. It doesn't, but it's it's something that happened because of it. Yeah. Um, but I'll tell you what. I mean, Topical. yeah, it's, yeah, you know, it still has a place in today's. Actually, yeah, probably more so that, now than it ever. ever. Yeah, that was my point. Um, but do you guys think women should be allowed in the locker rooms? No. <laughs> no, I don't care. You're just talking about your wrestling. Yes, right. yeah. No, honestly, I don't. Who gives a if fuck? If they're part of the show, yeah. They shouldn't be doing interviews in the locker room anyway. They have they like they did interviews everywhere else. They did interviews in the ring. They did yeah, interviews on the stage. If you're gonna have an interview on like a backstage interview. It's not gonna be yeah, in the right. locker room. It's gonna mm-hmm. be off to this like a concourse. Although I will tell you that and the she's whole... totally being a fucking slut. She wants to see Z-Man and right. Brian Pillman that's in the shower. True. That's a good point. But I, and I love I I did love the Stan Hansen bit. Like I did think you know the reoccurring yeah. Stan Hansen. Like, it's a great running gag. Like I think if you're gonna do something like that, then having Hanson always be the guy that she runs into is perfect. Kind of funny. And why know. the fuck was Stan Hansen there? Why the fuck was Stan Hansen there? They flew there? that man in for a 90 second promo and then a backstage vignette. Yep. And he covered himself in tobacco. <laughs> and the Amazing. ring in tobacco. And Paulie in tobacco. Yeah. We're getting ahead of our. All right, yeah. let's go. Let's move on. We get. Tommy Wildfire Rich versus Nikita Kola. Holy shit. Oh, and man. Up to seven on the mullet counter now. So I, Tommy Rich at this point was World Heavyweight Champion 11 years before this. Right. To put into perspective, Tommy Rich is the age of Mike Pava, 35. In <laughs> 1991? Yes. Holy wow. shit. So you said know. 11 years, right? That's yes. Before that, 11 years out. 11 yeah. years so 80? 1980? Yeah. So 1980, my mom was eight. <laughs> Fuck. How old's your mom? She is... You stay away from talking well, about she she Mike Pava. <laughs> I'm just curious. <laughs> in perspective, she had just graduated high school in 91. In 91. All right. And oh. my dad had just graduated college at that point. Okay. Wow. Good for him. Um, <laughs> um, also, my note, Tommy Rich looks like a Charlie's Angel. Okay, I can see that. Soft hair. Yeah, he looks <laughs> like one of the original Charlie's yeah. Angels yeah. in 91. <laughs> he really does. Um, so what about this match, guys? <laughs> like, Tommy Rich looks terrible. It looks like he fucking washed his tights in the bleach run by accident. Does, and they're yeah. discolored. Does and I hate them. Does Nikita look much better, though? No. You're okay. I mean, Koloff was about four years past his prime at this point. He left wrestling in 1988, and uh, his wife got sick, and she ended right. up passing away. And... Um, he made his he he started wrestling again in 1990, uh, very sporadically. He wrestled a couple shots for AWA and then Herb Abrams UWF, and then in early '91 he made his return. And this is his first like real match that wasn't a well, that wasn't like a, a well, jobber squash match. It's his first real match, but they've already basically probed him 
programmed him to try to go after Luger's U.S. title. Yes, he uh, attacked him at the previous... Lex Luger had won the U.S. title at the previous pay-per-view, and then um, Nikita Koloff presented him with the belt and then attacked him with it, and then I believe he uh, attempted to smash the belt on the side of the ring post. Right. Like, stop trying to make Nikita Koloff happen. Like, it's just <laughs> not going to work. <laughs> Nikita this- Todd Harris may know him as the star of Preacher's, uh, Pe- Preacher's Daughters. Is this before... <laughs> The Preacher's Daughter? The Preacher's Daughters. It's something like that. It's a it's a reality show about a bunch of like families that have uh, teenagers, preachers, and their daughters, and then their fathers are all pre- are ministers and shit. And Nikita Koloff is one of the ministers oh. on the show. Hmm. Um, was this before or after his big feud sting? Uh, this is uh, this af- is this is yeah this is after, after this, is this, is, yeah, this so he's really like this is after this, this is, is well past the well yeah eighty eight eighty like early eighty nine was the peak years before like it's so well past Lassie found him in the well. Mm. <laughs> I would actually say eighty seven was his peak years. Yeah, I would say that. I would say the only the before this uh, the only time I had ever really watched Nikita Koloff was when he faced Ric Flair, and at that point. I was seeing it that uh, Ric Flair was making him look like a million bucks. Tommy right. Rich <laughs> did not have that ability. <laughs> Tommy Rich is no Ric Flair, is what you're trying to say. Pretty much. I, I mean, was. I've never liked Tommy Rich. Like, me neither. I, I've always heard Tommy Rich was, and I hear Tommy Rich is still on on He's teenage beloved. girls. Yeah. Fucking pedestals to this day. There are teenage girls right now with pictures of Tommy Rich on their He's fucking nightstands and shit. No. You know what? I did love Tommy Rich as part of the full blooded Italians. Yes, but that was that he that was wasn't a joke. wrestling. No, he of was course a manager. Manager. No, I understand. So, I'm just saying. I enjoy that too. But I, as seeing as far as his work goes, as being like this. Oh, big, his work is awful. He was supposed to be like this next big thing. Is he one of the worst world champions? Like, uh, yeah? yeah, he was. People always questioned his title. Ronnie right? Garvin. Yeah. He, or. Tommy, Tommy Rich, uh, one I, of the other. I, I, um, I, I don't know enough about the Tommy Rich Harley Race. I will say title situation. You see, I'm gonna have to. S- it was less than a week. But so, at the end of the day, Tommy Rich is much more memorable than Ronnie Garvin. So I think I'd have to say Ronnie I Garvin. I would say that. I I don't know. I would. I I, I, I love I love Tommy Rich. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. All right. Hand of Stone. Come on. <laughs> you ever see Randy Orton do that stomp? Stole from Ronnie Garvin. That's the, the Garvin Stomp. That's why oh. it's called the Garvin yes! Stomp. Yes! Oh. Roddy Garvin. I've been calling it the Garden Stomp this entire <laughs> time. I'm calling it Crandall. That's why Davey hates him so much. Stay out of my garden. I mean, this uh, Tommy Rich just has a, a bit of a Vietnam flashback towards me <laughs> a little bit. I remember back in the, the old days of when I started wrestling. Oh. Yeah. Uh, we were given homework. Oh, and tell us more about this. To- Tommy Rich was our homework. <laughs> at that, <laughs> what not to do in your career? So you had to watch a Tommy Rich match, or it was it a multiple. specific match? You had to watch multiple. Mm. All right, tell you which ones are. Like, yeah. just go. No, we are just student just choice. There's no wrong answer. <laughs> no spoiler. They're all wrong answers. <laughs> So, um, did you pass in your homework that night? The only people that like Tommy Rich matches did. have never nope. seen Tommy Rich matches. Did you? Would you have to take notes and like talk about it, or you just had to watch it and that was it? Uh, it was pretty much sit in the ring and discuss we would Wait, you bullshit to... about that we actually watched it when a bunch of people didn't. There was like, there's one person. So why not just watch it. it together and then talk about it? Because yeah, that right. would take up the precious, precious training. So time. was this fucking stupid <laughs> bull session. <laughs> 
Yeah, let's have a fucking powwow about Tommy fucking Rich. <laughs> this was... I, I wrote down a nothing match. It this, didn't do much at all. This match was just nothing to me. Um, the like, fact that it was a, a, a second heel squash in a row, that just blew my mind. It's just like... Now I'm so accustomed to like watching wrestling nowadays where it's like, this is a pay-per-view and every match is supposed to mean at least something. <laughs> oh and boy. now we have two oh, matches Tommy, that Tommy mean Rich, shit. Tommy Rich's tights look like they've been through the wash way too many times, but so does his hair, which is fucking weird. It's all like discolored and just dead. Um, and so are his eyes. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, they. So was the crowd. Russian sickle. Ouch. Russian sickle. Everyone matched spot of the match. Uh, no. <laughs> Am I just, no. Oh, that. Is there anything else? <laughs> I, I picked when um, when uh, Tommy Rich went for a splash and then ate the steel post. Yeah, he yes. did. Oh yeah, I like that one. Um, I I I said uh, I guess Tommy Rich's cross body block early on. Yeah, I wrote <laughs> that. Uh, I actually t- wrote down that his selling of the the ring post was probably the best thing in the match. Yeah, agreed. That um, was the same way. Russian sickle finishes it out of nowhere for no reason. JC, how long did that match feel? <laughs> <laughs> Too long. <laughs> um, Too long, but yet not long enough. Right. Realistically, <laughs> really in that sweet spot. Realistically, I'll go five and a half. It was a four minutes seven seconds. All right. So it still felt longer than it was. <laughs> so, boys, we are treated to the debut of Johnny fucking Ooh. Be Bad. Oh, my oh. God. This was amazing. I, so I love... See, remember the last episode where we talked about how bad Gale-meter? Johnny Be Bad 93 was? This was a million this was, times worse. I told you it, it was 12 in well, 91. So, again, so we've kind of jumped around. The first time we reviewed WCW was Beach Blast 92. Yes. So then we jumped, and he was pretty gay there. Then he jumped to 93. The gay was dialed down slightly. Now we're going all the way back to the beginning. To, to the inception. To, to the inception. <laughs> this, to me, was amazing. He <laughs> pulled this gimmick off very well, in my opinion. See, did you know Wildman Mark Marrow at all? Like, did you ever <laughs> you ever see his stuff as Wildman yeah, Mark Marvelous Mark? bitch at the end of Ooh, the Attitude Era. Right. That was pretty much it. But I didn't even know it was him. I didn't even know it was Mark Merrill until <laughs> after I researched this dude. Because I saw this promo and I was like, I need to watch this guy in the ring and see how he was because we only got a promo tonight. I mean, him walking down, him and Teddy Long had great chemistry together. Yep. There's one part where they're walking down the ramp and they just look at each other and they just <laughs> do the little gimmick where they're yeah. just like, oh my God, this is great. <laughs> and I was just like, that that got a That's great wrestling. reaction out of me because I needed this after those last two matches, <laughs> I'll be honest. I will say that um, with uh, this debut and then we'll talk about the other first appearances, this is a pretty famous show for debuts. Mm, yeah. yeah, they um, fucking just couldn't get enough of them. But like, uh, the one thing I noticed compared to our previous Johnny B. Bad appearances was the amount of makeup caked on uh, Johnny B. So Bad much. during this yeah. one. Um, he also had a limp wrist most yes. of the time yep. he was standing there. Um, He's playing around with that boa. Knowing, yeah. no, well, knowing what we know now and how yeah. the Johnny B. Bad gimmick evolved, he really was able to really dial it in and get it even yes. More perfect for himself. You can see he's work, still working out the kinks. He's still working out the voice. There's and, some kinks, all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, <laughs> I mean, just coming out with just the boa and the tights. Where later on he'd have the big robe. He right. has the yeah. rocket, uh, the, bad, the, the blaster. bad blaster. I feel like him having less stuff 
is almost more, like more gay. Okay. Yeah. Well, I did. I mean, I had him on the gay. There's anything wrong with? No, no. Uh, but I did have him on the gayometer at 69 on the gayometer. On the gayometer. <laughs> of course, it right? Would be 69. Right, right. For every uh, appearance, he's been in 69 on the gayometer, I believe. But uh. even during this, though, I really like the fact that you you see this man. And he's he's like you can tell he's super gay, but at the same time, it's like Dusty Rhodes of all people just didn't care about that and he still put over John well, exactly. I mean, here's the thing one he's the booker so he booked yeah, yeah. that yeah, he exactly. created this creation well, but I, I agree then, I agree with Todd because they not only it wasn't just about him being this flamboyant character it's he has the fastest hands and he, he can knock despite the way he looks he can knock you out and oh, Jim Ross was yeah. just slobbering over the ability to talk about his legitimate sports background of course yeah I mean um, does, it's such does, a sorry yeah it's does, such Okay, go ahead. <laughs> on, let let like the a, guest go. I feel like I'm in a Geico commercial right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the main line that I liked out of that whole thing was that he Dusty goes, if he's got a strong left hand, then he must be a man, which yeah. like, completely contradicts everything. Right. Yeah, it's like, well, don't let the appearance fool you. Well, that's because yeah. Johnny B. Bad said he was so pretty he should have been born a little girl. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. <laughs> well, I did write down my first Dusty Rhodes quote of the night, which I wrote down. He doesn't look how he's supposed to look, Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> it's such I a, noticed uh, that line. It's such yeah. a fucking WCW thing. His name is Johnny B. Bad, which is a song by Chuck Berry. Not Little Richard. He's named after Little Richard. Okay. Yeah. It's very much a fucking honky-tonk <laughs> man. Oh, there's Peggy Sue. That's a Buddy Holly song. Yeah, but it doesn't make any sense. Johnny B. Bad is such a badass name because you have Johnny B. Good. <laughs> listen, listen. You have Johnny B. Good, but he's Johnny B. Bad. Whoa. When Mike Pavel wanted to fight in the schoolyard, he's like, oh, yeah, I'll fuck you up. I'm Johnny B. Bad. I'm Mikey B. Bad. <laughs> but you could so take that name and just make it the gayest thing ever. Johnny B. Bad. <laughs> See, there you go. All right. He calls uh, PN News a big ugly bear. <laughs> wait, uh, wait, did Johnny B. Bad say that or did Dusty Rhodes say that? <laughs> they had the same best. like voice. <laughs> <laughs> um, um. At uh, the next Clash of the Champions, the Johnny B. Bad would eventually confront PN News while PN News was accompanied to the ring by Peppa and Spinderella. What? what happened of to salt? salt? No salt. S- where's salt? Just Peppa and Spinderella. Too much sodium in their diet, so they told her to stay <laughs> home. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of the best things ever. Uh, PN News is rapping, and uh, Salt and Pepper's dancing in the background to his rap. What an ace PN, PN News is. Right. <laughs> ace of WCW. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so what's the next match? We've got the computerized match. Yeah, what does that even mean? Well, because computers. Computer, no, it's, it's 1991. Listen. Computers. They I can were actually, around for me, so I, can I wouldn't actually, know the... Big deal. Todd's like, I know, I didn't have Wi-Fi once. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I feel going to my grandma's house. She Todd, doesn't have Wi-Fi. Todd dropped to his knees and he was like, Wi-Fi! Boo. Oh, come on, it was fine. Computerized match. Um, it was a WCW concept in the early 90s where a computer would put together two opponents would, that would have been their uh, best matches together. And like I love the best it. Best contenders. Computers! <laughs> That's how everybody <laughs> felt about 1991. No one knew what computers that, could what do. Dusty even says, I know nothing about them. <laughs> Earlier that day, the York Foundation attempted to recruit uh, Dustin Rhodes into their fold, but they refused. <laughs> Is there any people that you guys would have liked to see on the show possibly join the York Foundation and go by their full name? Because uh, we eventually would get, get Tom, I mean, Thomas Rich, yep, Tommy Rich, Richard Morton. Yep. Yeah, but Richard Morton never did anything different than Ricky Morton. Sure he did. He had a different name. 
But he didn't change his outfit. He didn't cut off that beautiful blonde mullet. And you neither know, he should have. Why would you? He, he actually, yeah. Oh, that's actually why he got fired, because he refused to cut his mullet. And when they uh, they wanted to do an angle where he was going to get his uh, mullet cut by, I believe, the New Zealand militia. Who? Never mind. It's a bad thing. And then Jacko Victory and Rip Morton. Oh, Jack Victory. When, Excuse me, Jacko Victory. Jacko Victory. <laughs> when Ricky Morton left, they put a curse on him. They said, you cross us. You cross your eye. Aww. <laughs> he had a glass eye. You're so his oh parents were sense. his parents were deaf. Oh, yeah, that's why I always did the "I love you" sign language thing. Oh, yeah, that's Aww. sweet. Hope you feel good now. I feel great <laughs> <laughs> as a man that's gonna have a glass eye. No BB gun. Oh no. <laughs> Um, Mike, you mentioned Dusty Rhodes' uh, confusion over computers. which brought in the second line that I wrote down. I don't know much about computers, but are they robots? <laughs> <laughs> he didn't seem as confused by RoboCop earlier that year. <laughs> oh, there, that's what you didn't know. He was very concerned about RoboCop. I love... I was like, is that thing real, baby? <laughs> <laughs> um, I love all the yes men of the business, like the board meeting being at the beginning of the entrance yep. ramp. Well, the they, were, they were the part of like the top, um, top salespeople of that quarter. That um, was that, that was fucking that was yeah. brilliant. What a, and they would do that later for Ric Flair too. Mm-hmm. But having the people down there and they all just clap for them, it's just fantastic. So smart. Um, I don't know if you guys meant. Did you guys recognize the theme song for Terrence Taylor? It was the fucking Dallas theme song. Really? Yes. That's amazing. What's Dallas? Dallas McCarthy. Dallas. You think I watched the matches after I'm done? Welcome to the club. Welcome to NCW. No one watches the product. Actually, at the during the end credits of this of the show, the end credit says makeup artist Terry Boatwright. That is Alexandria York, aka Terry Runnels, Marlena, whatever. You know what? Considering we just saw uh, Terry at Raw twenty five, yeah, she still looks great. She like she hasn't really aged much at all. No, not at all. Like she looks so much different from her York Foundation days, though. But like you can just still look at her and see that it, it's her. Like there's not yeah. like like okay, you look at Missy Hyatt in ninety one, and you look at Missy Hyatt today. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> you know, like the Crypt Keeper, how yeah. she looks today. <laughs> but um, like Terry has, for the most part, stayed very like she looks like Terry. It's like, so funny how she parlayed it. Parlayed a wrestling career. She was a makeup artist for Larry King. And ended up in being in the TN the Turner Studios and doing makeup for the other people and getting hired by WCW as a on screen hmm. personality for nothing. She was just a makeup per- like a makeup person. Good for her. And uh, she eventually caused the breakup between Dustin and Dusty Rhodes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it all worked out in the end. Yeah, I guess. Wasn't Dust- Terry dating New Jack? Oh, she sure was. Yeah. Um, and uh, she <sighs> said that New Jack was into. Uh, her gigging herself while they had sex, so sure. she would cut herself yes. to bleed, so she would be all blood faced while they would have sex. That one's yeah. for you, buddy Christ. And it's she and up. she uh, took him to court because he was selling nude photos. She sent to him, and the judge said stop. And he said, "No, they're mine." <laughs> <laughs> and our, as a judge, are you gonna say no to nude Jack? <laughs> It's like, no, really? A giant brawl <laughs> the, breaks out in the... The stenographer has to write down Natural Bond Killer's entire <laughs> lyrics as he's in court. <laughs> Who's going to bring that boombox? <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, I'm very disappointed in Nick Patrick in this match. Uh, he did not grow his 70s porn stash until a few years later. Yeah, right. <laughs> I love uh, I love Nick Patrick, the son of the assassin. <laughs> Is he the son of the assassin? Yeah, Jody Hamilton. Oh. Um, Which would explain his uh, wrestling later on. He actually was a jobber in the early days. Well, of him story. and Mark Curtis were both like pretty decent. Like, and uh, so was Mickey J. Really? Mickey J. Yeah, he was a wrestler. Um, so one thing I noticed about Nick Patrick uh, was his high waist pants. This match, <laughs> like he was very much like <laughs> he's always been an angry dad. Yeah, I just assumed that that was a style back in the day. <laughs> well, again, high waist, eighties yeah. to nineties, that transition period. He's like, oh, I love Jesse Spano. Pull the waist up. <laughs> um, you talk about referees. I, uh, Randy Anderson, he was on the show, right? I believe so. Yeah, yeah. yeah of course was. he did because Great. I remember a ref jumping over a pin, and that was the old Randy Anderson special. So, right. So I was uh, once I watched the show, I was just starting to. I haven't really watched the network in a while, so I wanted to kind of jump around and watch some things. I ended up on a Monday Nitro, and it was one of the uh, episodes where. Um, during that period of like 96, uh, 97, fans were constantly trying to rush the ring at WCW shows, especially with the NWO. It was a Monday Nitro, and DDP is in the ring with Randy Anderson, and he's out there calling out for an open challenge against anybody, and a fan tries to fucking run into the ring. Does Randy Anderson kick the shit out of him? First, DDP is going after one fan. Then and another fan tries to circ- like come in from the opposite end and Holy get shit. DDP. Randy or Randy fucking Anderson runs at Randy him. Randy or RKO out of nowhere. Randy Anderson runs toward him, grabs him with his right hand, like choke slams him down, and just starts stomping the fuck out of his head. <laughs> like stomping him out of his head, knocks this fan out completely cold. Randy Anderson he picks up just on like the the knock, yes. like knocking him down, and then he stomps on his head again, and then picks up his limp dead body and starts hitting him again. <laughs> and DDP. He's just sitting there laughing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, fuck. And it was one of those things where whenever a fan tried to run in in WWF, the cameras would always turn away. Yeah. But in WCW, WCW they didn't know. They, well, no. They took, but I, feel like, I feel like WCW took great pride in their wrestlers and referees. Like, don't fuck with them. You see what happens. Like, Randy Anderson fucked that dude up. It was awesome. And also, Doug Dillinger was often sleeping, so like, <laughs> <laughs> lacks security. Uh, he was from LAX. Yeah, oh, LAX. Awesome. He was he was him and Conan. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, Let's move on. This was so. Uh, would you consider Ter- Terrence Taylor to have a uh, mullet in this match? No, no. 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 just ponytail. Sorry, yeah. no. Nope. All right. Okay. He was. He would eventually become the tailor-made man. Right. I like that. Oh my god. <laughs> Todd did not. <laughs> well, you're he's not going to like your new gimmick, Todd. These are little Easter oh, eggs great. I like to spring on Todd Harris because I know he wasn't. He was not aware of a lot of this. Do you know about the Red Rooster? Of course I know about the Red All Rooster. Right. Yeah. It was like the they were trying to give him some charisma. They failed. Did did uh, your trainer make you watch countless uh, Red Rooster matches? Uh, no, surprisingly. <laughs> How old are you, Todd Harris? Uh, turning 20 this month. Woo! 20 this month. Party yeah. bus. The f- <laughs> uh-huh. um, Dustin Rhodes was 21 years old in this wow. match. Wow. Dustin was fucking great, man. He was really big. He was very he was green good. in this match. He was, he was but, good. No, but here's what I'm saying. So in the matches we've seen of him in the other pay-per-views we reviewed, he just, in a year span, let's say, he got mm-hmm. 
very good. And by 93, he was great. Like, I think, again, it's an evolution. But you can there was see a, it here. You, you can, he has a lot of potential. Mm-hmm. But, like, I think that there were a lot of things in this match where you looked at him and you're like, oof, he's a little green. I don't know. I yeah. think he... Yeah. I, I don't know. I feel like a part of that was on Terry Taylor's Oh, don't part. blame Terry Taylor. I, I, I think I have to. I mean, the heel does direct the match. I mean, fuck you, stop that, Todd Harris. <laughs> 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 fucking Dust, uh, I mean, Dustin looked like he was trying to go for, like, a fucking Dusty Elbow. Yeah, yeah, we're all talking about the same thing. The Dusty Elbow where Terry Taylor but went Terry for Taylor the crossbody. Terry Taylor went for the crossbody. But the color for it was amazing. Covered it, Dustin covered it great. Exactly. I think, uh, so, I mean. Because Terry think, was like, turn into Adlock. <laughs> I think with the last show when we were talking so much about Eric Watts and Bill Watts, uh, I think Dustin was very lucky to be as good as he was because he was able to get out of that shadow. Mm. Um, He's coming out of the shadow. He's his own trail. He told him, Daddy, don't worry, I'll never fail. (laughs) (laughs) Um... (laughs) We're really spending a lot of time on this. Match. Yeah, let's let's yeah. get. I mean, <laughs> it's the, we're spending a lot of time at this match, not really on this match. Yeah. So, what what are your spots, boys? Um, I think my favorite spot of this match is how Dusty got so worked up on commentary when Mister Hughes grabbed Dustin, mm-hmm. and I, he was like getting us so irate. I really like that. Okay. This really wasn't a match for spots, clearly. (laughs) (laughs) I have a couple, like, actual spots. I think Terry Taylor was playing the frustration very well. Yeah, I like how when it it looked like Dustin would outsmart him at every turn, he would go back outside to the computer and be like, that's not what the computer says. What do I got to do now? Like, what's the computer say? I love the opening spot where uh, Terry Taylor went for a punch and Dustin blocked it. Uh, Dustin hit a back elbow and he was like all ready to fight and he was like putting up his fists and then like the referee had to cool things yeah, down. Yeah, I like put that. Those fists down. Yeah, I I agree, Mikey. I like that. Um, Terry Taylor did he need the computer to beat Dustin Rhodes? Probably not, but he became so reliant on mm-hmm. it that it kind of kind of screwed him over. Right. Mm-hmm. So I definitely like. I don't think there was any spot in the match that really called out to me like, oh, it's a great wrestling move or whatever. I did, I think it's the the character work that I enjoyed the most. The uh, yeah. The, uh, Todd Harris, what's your favorite spot of the match? Oh, for me, it was the finish. Um, despite my the age... The slowest running? <laughs> 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 Fucking Mr. Hughes. Has he ever been good? He, he was actually walking underwater. You couldn't see it. That's why he was moving so slowly. Well, I mean, for me, it was like, despite my age, I, I enjoy old school wrestling. And this was a very... Um, classic very cl- finish. Very classic finish. But just the the way Dusty was on commentary during this, he was cheat, he was cheating and everything, and then it eventually just turns right back around on the heel, and then du- Dustin goes for the win, and then the crowd reaction after that. I mean, yeah. Yeah, he had good. the strongest reaction throughout the, in my opinion. If Terry Taylor, if te- brother, if Terry Reynolds didn't have to have a twenty minute conversation with the referee <laughs> while Mister Hughes was like. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, let me put my glove on. Oh, I'm on the other side. Maybe I need to go around here. No. One step. And meanwhile, Dusty's at commentary just stroking his chin like, yes, yes, it's all coming to fruition. He's pulling on his bolo tie. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, was, I, I like the finish a lot. I um, think it was classic. My and it kept Terry Taylor fairly strong and the whole gimmick strong. My spot of the match is when Terry Taylor rams Dustin's throat into the top rope like it's a barricade. Yes, I like that too. And Dustin sold the throat it when they were so out on the railing. Yeah, it was just so random. Like, wow, I've never seen I that like before. That. I also like when Dustin back body dropped uh, Terry Taylor into the ring, yes. which is not illegal. Cause he, well, it, because it wasn't the Watts area yet. They no, no, no. Uh, but even NWA over the top was always a, a disqualification. 
I feel like they were much more laxed on it in this show. They show. I think they had already. Yeah, they had already at this point. Well, well, Jim Ross said that uh, he. He threw him from the outside in, so that's not a disqualification. I'm just saying there are multiple points on this yeah, show already that included over-the-top rope shit that mm-hmm. like wasn't even mentioned nope. upon. Uh, JC, how long did that match feel to you? <sighs> Twelve. That match went eight minutes and five seconds. Wow. Um, I know we should move on, but is is Mr. Hughes a knockoff of Big Bubba Rogers? Yes. Absolutely. This is uh, Mr. Hughes' debut under this gimmick. He wrestled as the big cat before this. And this was the Mr. Hughes's big, big debut. Okay. Mr. Yeah. Hughes got a lot of opportunities. A lot. He was back and forth. For I would years. say way too many. <laughs> way too many. Remember he fucking managed Jericho. He was Jericho's yes, bodyguard. <laughs> but and he was Goldust bodyguard. He was always the bodyguard, just randomly. Oh. He was like, <laughs> never mind. Let's move on. All right. I was gonna bring up something I shouldn't. Good point. Um. <laughs> so we get. Uh, Next match. Black Ugh. Bart versus Big Josh. Uh, uh, no. With a couple of buddies. <laughs> oh, what is this? That two? was the best part to the match for me. <laughs> so, <laughs> what is this? Two live bears? Yes, uh, that was my that was my Jim Ross. Uh, uh, two live bears. That sounds like a rap group. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, apparently, one of the bears knew that this was a bathroom break and decided to piss <laughs> on the ramp. <laughs> So, yeah, he knew what was up. How uncomfortable was Matt Bourne carrying those bears to the ring? Can you blame him? No, of course I can't, but, like... The bear pissed on the ramp, but uh, Matt Bourne and Blackbart pissed on the ring. They shit in the ring. <laughs> um, are these two of the worst wrestling names ever? <laughs> um, Big Josh, yes. Blackbart, yes. Black I feel Bart. like you shouldn't insult Jake's older brother like that. <laughs> Big Josh. First, <laughs> first of all, Blackbart isn't... Lumber Josh. <laughs> um, uh, this wasn't supposed to be Black Bart. It was supposed to be, he was supposed Larry to be Zabisco. Supposed to be Zabisco. Right. Yeah, so Zabisco hurt himself. Is that what happened? Yeah, he had a, I believe he had a knee injury that just uh, didn't heal in time. <laughs> no, wink, wink, nudge, He nudge. just looked at the lineup and said, fuck this. Oh, my knee. <laughs> He's like, I'm, I'm going to stall for two months. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Big Josh made his debut as a hunting buddy of Tommy Rich. Tommy Rich was being attacked by Mike Pava's favorite tag team, State Patrol! <laughs> Wait, were the State Patrol or the Border Patrol? They were the State Patrol. All right. State Patrol! <laughs> and uh, he was being attacked by this... Tommy Rich was being attacked by the State Patrol, which... State Patrol! <laughs> Think about how fucking horrible that would be. An angle between the State Patrol... State and- Patrol! <laughs> yes! And Tommy Rogers. Yeah, no, it's And then awful. Big Josh ran in from the crowd with a big stick and chased <laughs> them off. For him, it was just a stick. Doug, Dillin- <laughs> Doug Dillinger put him in handcuffs and he ripped them off. He broke them. That's amazing. And then... Uh, they interviewed him, and he was like, "Yeah, I'm an old uh, hunting buddy of Tommy Rich. We went, remember that time we went out hunting, out for those bucks." And then you know, they hired <laughs> like, him as a wrestler. I like the idea where they they put him in handcuffs, and then he broke the cuffs. And was like, "Well, shit, we got to interview him. <laughs> we got to see what this guy has to say." He broke handcuffs. Oh, wow, that's nice. It's the it's the Mister Nanny school of hiring people. <laughs> yes. He broke the handcuffs and he killed our security. Listen, Mister Nanny on ThreeWayTheater.com. Uh, these guys could trade gimmicks and no one would know the difference. Yeah. I think that's being yeah. that's doing a s- slight disservice to Matt Bourne and Big Josh. Yeah. I think I think he uh, I mean, I mean, am a new Bourne. gimmick Black Jake. <laughs> <laughs> you cannot do that gimmick. Well, <laughs> Black Bart wasn't black. <laughs> I'm just saying so if Jake why did they, can't Jake be black. Jake, Jake is putting blackface on as we speak. Oh, that is not stop, a good idea. Stop that. <laughs> it's just charcoal. That's char- oh, you're supposed to put that on your teeth. Make them whiter. <laughs> what? 
Yeah, that's yeah. The you thing. brush your teeth with charcoal, it makes them whiter. It's what we. I brush my teeth made. with a bottle of Jack. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the oh, you have the glitter all over you. It's going so. down. I'm yelling timber. <laughs> we are off the rails. So black, yeah, Black Barton we just wanted to take Josh off the fucking rails too. <laughs> this match was the fucking. This is not good, and I don't want to bury a fucking lumberjack. All right, so uh, let's just spot of the match. Okay, uh, my favorite spot of the match was off the ropes. Punch to the face. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, that, you know, that's one of those things where he sent him off the ropes and Blackheart's like, what is it? <laughs> what are you saying? Zach. just get it. That made me, I was at work. I'm sitting in my suite. There's about eight other people that work with me. I'm watching on my computer, which I'm not supposed to do. And <laughs> off the ropes. Listen, you can watch whatever you want. Not Super Bowl 91. <laughs> <laughs> off the ropes. Punch the face. I take my headset off. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, they just, they're looking at me like, oh, shit. Security's Black- going to be here shortly. Blackbart actually trained uh, Necro Butcher. <laughs> it shows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. He trained the Necro Butcher until they had a uh, falling out over Necro giving him an unsafe chair shot in a match. All right. <laughs> yeah, you know. Okay. You know, Blackbart's also one of those guys that was always just kind of there. Mm. <laughs> yeah, he sure was. Just kind of there. Did anybody else have a spot of the match? I have to finish the falling bu- bump. Yeah. Oh, the hyperdrive. Why is that a wrestling move? Is it the big butt drop? Or is it a butt bump? It was, it, was a it was eventually renamed the Northern Exposure. Motor Raleigh <laughs> used it in NXT. You, you should point. definitely steal uh, the nickname of the Log Roll. You yeah, and just up. stomp on yeah. Todd Harris's stomach. Yes. <laughs> Spoiler. Yeah, honestly, why is this a finish? Why has this lasted so long? Just the butt You don't like Matt Bourne's finisher, the whoopee cushion? I think it's great he was able to use it in both gimmicks. Yes. I forget who said it initially, but... Um, it's kind of like the Ultimate Warrior, where it's, I don't believe anyone should use that move that's under 300 pounds. Mm. And like, Big Josh should be used, like, I get it. If Big Josh jumped on your chest, it would fucking kill you. Yeah. But it doesn't have the visual appeal. Very much exactly. like the Ultimate Warrior's big splash. It's like, he's not, like, that big. Like, why is his splash so fucking strong? Mm, yeah. I don't know. I like I liked the butt bump. I, I don't. <laughs> it's lasted for so long, and I don't understand why. Like... Like I said, Mojo Rawley uses at one point as his finish, and I Mojo Rawley won a match when <laughs> NXT. <laughs> okay, the under and the memorial under the giant memorial battle royal. Usually his finisher is Rob Gronkowski. Like he just shows up and he wins the match automatically because a famous guy's there. Yeah, because hey, at one f- point he used this this finish, and they were like, "We gotta give him a new finish." He, Who are we gonna he, use? Rob Gronkowski. You call it a miss finish because I love that. It's like a finish that. Sh- <laughs> He beat future WWE champion Jinder Mahal in that oh. match. Oh, that's true. See, we're so excited about the show, we're now talking about Jinder Mahal. <laughs> JC, how long that match feel to you? 32 minutes. <laughs> no, uh, it was three minutes. It tops. It was uh, three minutes, 46 seconds. We're right. killing it today. Later in good. 1991, uh, Black Bart, Dutch Mantel, and Moondog Rex would be turned into the Desperados, a team that never had a match on TV and caused Stan Hansen to leave American wrestling forever. <laughs> Desperado, why don't you come to your senses? We've actually watched the Desperado skits in the past just on our own, and um, it involves uh, Black Bart was Black Bart, Dutch Mantel was himself, and then uh, Moondog Rex was Dead-Eyed Dick, a blind and deaf uh, cowboy. Did you say Dead-Eyed Dick or Dead-Eyed Dink? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know the difference. (laughs) Don't be a dinkweed. (laughs) 
um, yeah, dead-eyed dick, and he was blind and deaf, and he had perfect shots, though. He oh. could shoot perfectly. He, um, They only had a couple matches during the Great American Bash Tour in 91, but never any televised matches, and only had a couple skits where they were trying to find Stan Hansen, and Stan Hansen uh, saw them and said, I'm... I'm leaving. <laughs> that was a shoot. <laughs> yes. And then, yeah, and that was it. All right. Um, speaking of Stan Hansen, he was the guest on uh, Paul E's Danger Zone. Yes. Um, I love Paulie. He's, he's my favorite manager. Yeah, yeah. The, favorite manager of all time. The only sure. real cowboy in New York City. Yeah. Dressed uh, like, a, like a total yuppie. It was fantastic. Paul, he's just a, like everything about him like even from such a and you know when we talked about like a guy like steven regal at the last best in show episode how he was a guy that came in kind of fully formed i feel like paulie's another one that kind of just showed up to work one day he had been such a fan of wrestling and he was a photographer and he'd always been so involved in the business and loved it so much that when he finally got his opportunity to be paul e dangerously that's just who he was yeah like Every in like watching a promo from him from '91 is like watching a promo from him from Monday Night Raw last week. I agree. Yeah, he totally knew who he was and what he wanted to do, and he just always kind of stuck with it. He was very confident in himself. He yeah. was never afraid to be a chicken shit. Right. Well, even this, no. he's a heel interviewing a fellow heel, and he's fucking terrified yep. of Stan Hansen, and he's trying to get on his good graces by dressing up <laughs> in the cowboy hat. Yep. Like he's just so fucking smart, and you don't see that as often. Yeah, he's. Amazing. Stan Hansen in full fucking gear for no reason. Well, he had to be in full fucking uh, gear so he could shower after. No, he stole Dan Spivey's gimmick, damn it. (laughs) (laughs) And Dan Spivey in turn turn stole Barry Windham's gimmick. And then Bray Wyatt stole... Everybody stole everybody's gimmick at this point because we're in the South. Everybody's dressing like a fucking cowboy. <laughs> Bray Wyatt stole Hi Jack. Harris hates cowboys, guys. Spoiler. Hot take. <laughs> Bray Wyatt stole Jack Black's gimmick from I Still Know What You Did Last Summer. There's <laughs> fucking, fucking dreadlocks. dreads. <laughs> We've definitely mentioned that movie before. Yeah, probably last episode. Yes. <laughs> um, but it was a it was a simple promo. Um, but even like when Paulie, like when the microphone, the house mic's not working, like and it's not, it's only like he he's just he's so smart. I like, also like that Stan Hansen uh, showed that he definitely needed a shower. Yes. Yeah. So that made perfect sense. Right. No, it all it all adds up to me. Tracks. Yeah. <laughs> um. So tracks the old WWF school. Oh yeah. Up next is, without a doubt, probably uh, one of the greatest moments in WCW history. Uh, 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 <laughs> this, this made me Todd message Todd Har- Harris messaged me, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I, I sit there, and I'm watching this, and I'm like, what, is this like a promo for a movie or something? Why are they promoting Wizard of Oz like <laughs> 60 years later? It's like, I'm sitting there, and I'm watching it, I'm like, this is not an actual gimmick, is it? Oh. And the next thing you know, freaking all four characters are walking. So you had no idea Oz was coming. I had no idea who Oz even was. <laughs> wow. And then this this fucking idiot's walking down the <laughs> ramp, and he's saying the same fucking thing. I'm like, shut like, the would, fuck up. Would you like to guess who that person was? Oh, my God. No. <laughs> <laughs> it was Kevin Me. Sullivan. Welcome to Oz. <laughs> Welcome to Oz. <laughs> Okay. Okay, but um, can we talk about how awesome it was that he had a real fucking monkey on his shoulder? Um, my biggest note. Monkey on his back for years. My biggest note: three-way theater cannot a fucking escape monkeys. (laughs) Everywhere we turn, there's another goddamn monkey. 
Which well, would, that monkey was less abused than the one in uh, Paradise, Paradise Valley. Valley. Absolutely, you're absolutely I, right. Literally watching this, it was cra- crazy because he kept saying the same thing. I'm like, can you change it up a little bit? The fact that you nope. say it's the, Kevin Sullivan. It was uh, a like, long. It was a long me. ramp. Yeah, they, too long. <laughs> he freaking walks down. Here comes Oz. I'm like, this is a tall motherfucker. Like, <laughs> who the fuck could this be? Next thing you know, he takes off the mask. I'm like, what? <laughs> Kevin Nash? What the fuck are you doing doing this? I love, I love that you had no idea that this it was one, great. Oz was coming, or two, that it was Nash. I, I, did, I had no clue. And then I was like, I literally have it in my notes. Kevin Nash in all capitals, question mark, exclamation <laughs> point. Were you on Were you on the XWA show he was recently on? Yes. I wish you would have seen this show and, and asked him about him. <laughs> and you were like, hey, why is your hair still colored silver? <laughs> uh, my girlfriend couldn't believe it either, but I had to tell her that it was Tarzan from Magic Mike. <laughs> <laughs> um, I hadn't seen this in so long. I was actually unsure whether or not he was going to wrestle with the old man mask on. I had yeah. like forgotten Kevin uh, Kevin Sullivan. That was that wasn't a mask. Can we oh. not? <laughs> yeah. Can we not skip over this fucking like? I don't want. I don't want to skip over it. First of all, they actually have all the characters, as you mentioned, from the fucking movie. Yes. When shit starts going down, they barely show them. But when shit starts going down, the lion tries to get tries away. To fucking get away. Perfect. That guy and knew what he was doing. Cowardly like, lion. Yeah, I thought it was fucking fantastic. Yeah, I thought that was great too. Oh, I, I wrote down worst example of corporate synergy ever by like the yeah. amount of money that was dropped on this entire thing. Really, again, just as an announcement that it was on Turner Home Classics. Like Wizard of Oz was coming to Turner Home Classics, so like it was. In sport. That's the reason this was yes. a thing? Yes. yes. And it was a big deal that they were going to have the rights to the, ri- to Wizard, of oh the Wizard of Oz movies. And what better way to cross brand than with professional wrestling? A- and it wasn't, uh, Oz wasn't the Wizard of Oz. He was Oz, and his manager was the, the Wizard. Wizard. Right. I know. This so is Kevin weird. Nash's character was that of the giant floating head in Wizard yeah. of Oz? Well, I feel like he's more of like the actual land of Oz. He is. Oz, he is Oz. The place of Oz personified? Yes. Huh. This yes. is... So, um, I was going to say, if he's Todd, still... did you know... Did you ever see... You've seen The Wizard of Oz? Yes. So did you see the dead munchkin in the background <laughs> of The Wizard of Oz? <laughs> well, just... I never saw it, but me being a movie buff, it's like I watch... Oh, all sure. these conspiracy things, and then, you know, I also... Were they hosted by Lumberjack? <laughs> I'll, I'll show you later. Don't you worry. We'll go over um, this. I also, uh, one, I also noted that they're getting a lot of use out of DDP's headset because <laughs> they used it again in this uh, in yep. this entrance. And also... Is this thing on? <laughs> Are we live? When it cuts... Uh, when it finally cuts uh, to... Uh, we didn't talk about the match. I, I haven't, I'm not we even getting to the match yet. yet. I thought Oz and then DDP. No, no, no. I'm just saying they use DDP's headset from the first match. Oh, okay. Kevin Sullivan has it on under the mask mm. doing his entrance. Hey, not much further, guys. <laughs> I'm totally not from Boston <laughs> as I live and breathe. McDosh. I didn't kill Nancy. It was Chris. <laughs> um, oh, the crowd from man, something to wrestle back, with. <laughs> bring me back for a conspiracy talk about Benoit. Oh. I've watched too much conspiracy Welcome to the walk-up here, WXPR. Wait till we watch that Lieb Schreiber movie. If we could only have you on the show when you were six years old. (laughs) (laughs) Mikey would have loved you if you were six years old. We would have put you in a crossface to test things. (laughs) (laughs) We would have said, do you have fragile X syndrome? (laughs) WWE, I will say this, did a great job of 
telling uh, covering it up. I know, covering it too. up because I had no clue the fuck Chris Benoit was until right. 2013. Right. Okay, Yo, you talk about the fragile X factor. <laughs> <laughs> I got everything I ever want. Except my dad. <laughs> Holy shit. And I'll never get him back. <laughs> <laughs> you boys just ain't right. <laughs> Tell you what. <laughs> okay. That's um, every last listener. <laughs> They're gone, boys. Uh, wow. Or Here we're going we're gonna to go viral now, and this is going to go yeah. on. Yeah. Um, okay, so back to the entries real quick. Uh, once Oz finally starts coming out, it goes into some great production-themed porno music. Wow, wow, wow. Which I then wrote, shit, more saxophone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, that, the entrance was so elaborate. In so long, and then he's wrestling fucking Tim Parker, which uh, brings I, our mullet count to eight. <laughs> <laughs> Pornstash count to 17. I had uh, Oz versus whatever his name is. Yeah, yeah no, I had no clue. Tim I Parker. had to go back and get Tim Parker's name. It's like he jumped in the ring, and it's like one of those Pokemon deals where it's just like a random challenger has a punch. <laughs> <laughs> Tim Parker, you splash. <laughs> uh, he meant Daryl Hannah and Splash. Oh, okay. <laughs> Another corporate synergy. He doesn't know what that is. Tom <laughs> Hanks. He's like, <laughs> give, the, give us a synopsis of Splash. Lumberjake, go. Splash. And Thanks. that's Ben Lumberjake's synopsis. What up, uh? Tom Hanks. <laughs> Todd Harris like, Tom Hanks, the guy from the Polar Express? <laughs> <laughs> Sully? <laughs> 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 All right, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, t- uh, Tim Parker would almost be repackaged as a caveman gimmick in early WCW, but it never ended up panning out. Did I go was, to Jungle Jim? He was going to be Broda the Caveman. Broda? Broda. B-R-O-D-A. Broda! 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 <laughs> yeah, there's only a couple pictures of him floating around online, but nothing. Uh, but he literally ran at Oz, got shoulder blocked. And then um, he took the, it was the old Sid Vicious Human yeah. Frisbee finish. And it, he it did, I think he did it better than Sid ever did. Yes, yeah, it, it was, was the amazing. Emerald City Slam because Dorothy took a tornado to get to Oz. Oh, oh fucking fuck. Amazing. He they, threw him up in the air and did the little spin gimmick. fucking genius. Yes. But it got ruined. Spinning around like a you fucking tornado. You know why that finish got ruined? Why? Because Dan Spivey did a very similar <laughs> finish early on in the fucking show. If J.C. Marks was producing this episode of WCW Super Bowl 91, as he did the spinning thingy, it would have faded to black and white on the TV. Sepia tone. <laughs> and then it would have been for the pin Amazing. back in Kansas. Amazing. But uh, the, yeah. the, the finish was probably... That was, was spot. the best spot yeah, of a match. The the only spot. My spot was spinning thingy. Yeah, <laughs> it was. It was a very clever move, though. I thought yeah. it was very. Yeah. Uh, JC, how long did that match feel to you? Uh thirty. No, it was. It was ninety seconds tops. It went uh, from the bell to report bell. that I got. It was forty seconds. Okay. All right. So didn't even make it a minute. Yeah. I'm surprised Nash never used that. For his finish, he tries you, but he tore his quad. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, sense. he uh, he eventually got the guy like halfway up for it, and he's like, "Ah, fuck it," <laughs> just threw him. Uh, this was all. So this was the first appearance of Kevin Nash, though, right? Uh, no, he was actually a master blaster. Master previously. blaster. That's right. Okay. And spoiler: Super Brawl '92. Uh, Mikey, what was his gimmick? <laughs> um, Vinny Vegas? Yes, that is correct. He was Vinny Vegas a year <laughs> later, so Oz did not exactly last. Oh, well, I mean, I knew Oz didn't last long, but I wasn't sure, because just again, on this show with Johnny B. Bad's debut, like I, it just feels like a very uh, momentous appearance for Kevin Nash. Yeah, I believe it was uh, early 89 that he debuted with... 89, really? Yeah. As, uh, so he was around for an entire year? 
That he, can't be right. He was uh, he was he wasn't around. He wrestled as a master blaster once. His uh, a co- he was a couple of times. His initial partner flaked out. Al Green was replaced. Brought him to replace him, and then they just stopped using him. That's got to be ninety. That can't be eighty nine. No, it was eighty nine. I've been right. doing a lot of uh, extensive research on that year. All right, fair enough. Well, Let's well, move on. We're halfway through. We finally get to go with Missy back in the locker room. Oh, this is well. Great. The fans had voted that she in fact. <laughs> Can go in the locker room. I didn't yeah, get my yeah. vote in time. I didn't 60, get my vote. 60 40. <laughs> 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 Did you have to call the WCW hotline to cast your vote? Of course. Only $1.49. Would you have asked your parents' permission? Oh, obviously. All right. Would you have? Would have obviously asked permission from inside. <laughs> yeah, the womb. <laughs> <laughs> Not <laughs> even the womb at this point. What a fucking womb goof that would have been. Let's <laughs> say 91. Yeah, my parents hadn't even met at this point. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would have been a rebel and not asked my parents' permission. I would have just called in. And, and then asked for forgiveness later? Yes. Smart. Yes. I would have uh, called in and then denied it. <laughs> and then been that like, wasn't you me. are literally the only wrestling fan. <laughs> must have been an accident. <laughs> I must have butt dialed it on the phone that's on the wall. Because that's how phones were back then. <laughs> Who dialed Miss Cleo? <laughs> that was also me. Call me now. <laughs> Mike Paper? <laughs> what is he Jamaican? <laughs> um, I, I like this little bit. I, I, again, I like Missy trying to get some dick in the locker room, looking for the Z-Man. And Brian, and flying Brian. Uh, she's looking for the Z-Man in the shower when he's just wearing a tuxedo. Like he's, Why would he be showering already? Um, I like You t- don't? <laughs> Ooh, I got kind of gets already gotten sweaty in my tuxedo. I'm gonna take a shower. Put Todd, in my new tuxedo. Todd, are you a never nude? Is that <laughs> what this? He's always wearing jean shorts and things. Uh, always. Uh, I just blew myself. <laughs> you can blow yourself. <laughs> yeah, I'll show you how after. That's amazing. Um, I liked a little bit. I thought it was a nice. Con- and again, it was a connection to the Stan Hansen Missy Hyatt thing again. Yeah. Um, plus, it good to see Missy getting spanked out of the locker room. Hot. Hot. <laughs> I liked it. It was yeah. fun. It was, it was Missy little... wasn't totally slutted up, I don't think, but she looked good. She wasn't. She was great. I love Missy. Yeah. Couple years. Mm. Couple more years left. She's got a few more years. You're really underselling. I mean, she did eventually turn into a grim. I mean, Reaper. A, I mean, a couple years after '93, from the last time we saw her. I still liked her in ECW in '96. Mm. I thought she looked great. I don't know. I'm just saying. All right, let's move on. Tape fist match. Yes, uh, this was a feud stemming back from a few months previous when Barry Windham wrestled Brian Pillman in a match. Uh, Barry Windham stole the victory with a handful of tights. Uh, he was Brian, uh, Barry Windham was being interviewed at ringside. Flying Brian hit a big dive over the top rope onto him during the interview, and they kept brawling, and they've had a couple of uh, brawls since then. Fairly one-sided, though, in Barry Windham's favor. So the good old tape fist match, huh? Yeah, yeah definitely needed. Definitely needed. Um, I So what I... I appreciated it about this match was that in the earlier matches, you really saw the referees give anybody a hard time when they went for a closed yeah, fist and stuff point. like that. Mm-hmm. So when it finally came to the tape fist match and they're just allowed to fucking let them fly, I, I liked it. I thought it was a good, yeah, like, okay. you know, that was a follow through, like, on the yeah. booking sheet. Like, you know, no, no closed fist at it until we get to the tape fist match. Like, it was definitely. I, I I appreciated that. Yeah, I like that too. Um, this was also kind of a, just a bummer where like this is supposed to be like this is their idea of pushing Brian Pillman, <laughs> like this is like flying Brian's big push and like Mike you mentioned it's a lot of one sided. Um, thanks, uh, thanks, thanks. Yeah, Mike Pava said. I, I mentioned yeah. that. No, no, no. no I'm me. pretty sure it was, was me. I'm pretty sure it was Mikey I'm that pretty, said. I'm pretty sure I said thanks, that 20 seconds thanks, ago. Jason. Yeah, no, totally. <laughs> I, I gave a whole synopsis on this feud. <laughs> yeah, that, that was. Yeah, well, good job, Mikey. I appreciate that. Um, 
But, <laughs> Mikey, may I expound on what you said <laughs> and say a couple months later, uh, this led to uh, Flying Brian losing a Loser Leafs Town match to... When well, he would come back as the yellow dog? He would come back as the yellow dog. All Good right. point, Mikey. With a gun. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> He'd come back with a gun. <laughs> um, yeah, he actually lost... It was a tag team match. It was him and El Gigante versus Arn Anderson and Wyndham. Barry Windham. Oh, man, I can't wait to talk about him. <laughs> El Gigante. Yeah, the Resident Evil villain. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, so the tape this match... That was pretty good. Um, was, yeah. So my first note was that's where Jim Carrey got the bowl cut idea for Dumb and Dumber for Barry Windham's I fucking hated his hair. <laughs> I was trying to redeem him because you guys are burying him so hard. And he comes out. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, it was horrible. Going to get that main event haircut, brother. <laughs> we did oh, the shit out of him on the last show. He's, fucking, he's got a fucking blonde mo haircut. <laughs> Jesus, it was horrible. You, re- I, I know, I, I do feel bad. Justin Bieber's like, give me the Wyndham. <laughs> Jesus, uh, fantastic. Um, are we doing? Uh, we're still doing, doing the mullet count, but does it have to be blonde? Um, or are we just? Okay. You no, know, I mean, I think I think the blonde mullet is really where it's at. But what do you? Where do you pitch in here? Uh, I'm saying the El Gigante should be at. It. We're not at El Gigante's match yet. Oh, I thought we were. We're literally... still. We're still. We're about the tape, tape fist oh, match. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We haven't even started the tape fist match. Um, yeah, no. But uh, I would say that Fine Brian's hair is slightly. It's not really a mullet. It's more. His curly it, hair kind of covers. It's like a the chia mullet. pet kind of. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I I wanted to give Wyndham the the uh, I expected him to have a mullet cut. So when he came out with that bowl cut, I was like, what? Whoa! The? <laughs> you already had it like ticked off on your list. <laughs> yeah, I did. I had already. I'm like, oh, here we go. Nope. Uh, yeah, I like this match. Um, yeah. I thought it was. Um, I actually wish it was a little bit longer. Yeah, that was my main complaint about it. I mean, I really liked the fact that they both like gigged obviously to like show the intensity of right. the match itself yeah. um the the one spot that i loved the most was that beautiful drop kick to barry that when yeah he when he was on the top row yeah it that was, was that was great amazing the the fucking ups on brian pillman and i and i loved um the cutoff just because of the psychology he was being like uh barry Wyndham was being such a chicken shit the whole like at uh, uh, the total beginning of the match and everything and then when he eventually got it to the outside, he freaking pulls Brian Pillman right into the ring post and just there, yeah. There we go right into the heat. Uh, in which there. you mentioned the blood, which I totally agree with. Uh, I think it goes to show that when blood is brought into a, a match, not every match, not everything else, like we'll see later. Uh, <laughs> no, but, did like, every match, don't worry. You know, but when blood happened and you saw Wyndham get back in the ring after fucking up. Pillman, he screamed like that primal like roar to the crowd, and the crowd's fired up for it. He's fired up yeah, for he it. Yeah, he did that Molina scream. Yeah. <laughs> Molina versus Alicia Fox, that scream that he gave. What, uh, a, what a match. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was definitely, like, I I thought it added another layer to the match, which is, again, if this is a big grudge match, like, I wanted more. And, you know, could we have cut Dan Spivey's match out and given that time to... <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> Someone's trying to get over Todd Harris. <laughs> um, but I really I really enjoyed it. And I also, uh, I agreed with Jake, that drop kick. Like Todd... No, no, Jason's no, having a stroke. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, don't worry about it. I got it. JC, JC actually doesn't know any of our names. He's been <laughs> guessing for years. <laughs> Most of the time I'm right. It's either a John or a Mike. <laughs> like, <laughs> you start adding Todd's to the mix, I'm getting all thrown for a loop. It'll just be the one Todd. 
Um, yeah, I like this match, Kepler. Yeah. Good uh, point. I so felt if it was given more time. <laughs> so that was your favorite part of the match, the dropkick to the top? Oh, top? obviously. Mike Pava. Um, they're on the ramp, and Wyndham's... Yes. Wyndham just drops Pillman... Off the ramp. Off like the ramp. It's like a guillotine. On yes. The it was, was just so like, let's... Here we go. That was fucking cool. I really like that a lot. Yep. <laughs> you think Pillman knew that was coming? Nope. <laughs> like, he's like... like <laughs> where, he's, where are we going? We're going <laughs> Take it. <laughs> Take it, yellow dog. <laughs> uh, JC, uh, I really yeah, I like the drop kick, and then the uh, you want to do a plancha right after, like kind of yeah. like a like the nice little combo, just like hit him the drop kick. Take no Johnny, I- be bad. He was standing when he gave him a plancha. And <laughs> <laughs> in, the, in the last uh, move in the Beach Blast '93 when we reviewed it, oh. uh, Johnny be bad hit Super a plancha onto <laughs> Johnny be bad hit a plancha onto Max Payne while he was on his knees and not looking. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was like getting up from a position and just got <laughs> just, landed just on. Oh, on him. Yeah, honestly, so funny. He should have waited because I, <laughs> I mean, well, you know, they were already at like five minutes and they were only going six. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you just spoil how long the match went? <laughs> no, I'm talking the other one. Oh, all right. I was gonna say six minutes for this match. Like, uh, it felt like a six-minute match. My favorite uh, spot of the match, JC. Thank you. <laughs> uh, was when after he low blowed uh, Brian Pillman. Uh, Pillman landed on Barry Windham's hand, and Barry Windham had to yank his hand out from his crotch. <laughs> and I'm oh. like, yep. Because if you see it, he just lands on it, and Barry Windham, and he, yeah, <laughs> so he yank his hand out, and he gives him the superplex, which I thought was a perfect yeah. lead-in. So you, uh, how long do you think that match was? I, went about, I felt like it went about six. Six minutes, eight seconds. All right. Um, if I had one criticism about the match, I think in any kind of taped fist match like that, I wish they had come in like street clothes. Yeah, I would agree with that. Some like, sort of like a jeans and yeah, t-shirt yeah. sort of bra. Just like, like Barry Wyndham would wear later on. Right, yeah, exactly. Whatevs. <laughs> Show that the match is a little different than, obviously, the other matches on the card, obviously. Yeah, 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 exactly, absolutely. Next up, we get DDP's Diamond Mine. Is it the Diamond Mine or, or the Diamond, diamond Mind? No, oh. Ooh. Oh. it was the Diamond Mine. That was the name of the the TV ex- the, the the interview segment itself. The what Diamond Exchange is the name of his group. The group. Okay. And the diamond dolls are his dolls. Well, yeah, I mean, I know that. And his stud is his stud. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And his page is his page. Yeah, Mr. Hughes is his Hughes. I love how he's, like, saying in the microphone, are we live? Are we live? Are we, live? Are we Memorex? Yeah, I, thought, oh. I thought that was Jim Ross and, um... No. No, that was DDP. No, that was... DDP like, get out of here! <laughs> Good God! He's like, I'm 38 years old right now. Uh, DP is actually at the ripe old age of 35 here. No, it's not too far <laughs> off. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Mike Pave, I'm looking at you, 35. Yeah, Tommy he Rich. didn't get his wrestling career started until his 40s. How do you feel about that, Mike Pava? What are you saying? I'm saying you can go for another you 10 years. You can finally get trained in your 40s. <laughs> <laughs> you got that man bun, you're ready to fucking go. <laughs> That's a whole new Mike Pava right there. You uh, can showcase your talents. Both Ooh. <laughs> both, of, both of these. <laughs> I'd pass. Both of the outsiders making their re-debut in one night. That's what I'm saying, yeah. Scott Hall and Kevin Nash both. It's a big night for the outsiders, for, for Marvelous Mark. I believe, Scott Hall's, uh, I believe Scott Hall's last appearance was as Gator Scott Hall, a alligator wrangler Scott Hall gimmick. In, that sounds uh, amazing. In, uh, I believe it was 88. <laughs> I fucking love, love that. that. That sounds great. <laughs> Gator Scott Hall. Yes. If he had, like, we had fucking bears come out with Big Josh, had a gator come out with Scott Hall, I'd be all in on that. Riding a gator to the ring. (laughs) (laughs) And his finisher is the later gator. Fuck. Todd Harris, I got a new gimmick for you, brother. (laughs) Oh, gator Todd Harris. (laughs) 
Um, and uh, or gaydar. God damn it! I was trying to think of something to go with that. And I just, I couldn't. Um, this is the big Diamond Stead debut, but also it's just weird. Like we got to also do this insert promo for Sting and Luger. Yeah, was Which like, was the most emotionalist thing I've ever seen in my life. What are you talking about? There was there like was no, there was no like reason for them to wrestle in within the promo. It was just like a hype video for two guys. Right. But they're like, how do we get this out there? I don't know. Said DDP out there to announce it. Yeah. This, uh, this is the equivalent of like on the first episode of a TV show. They're like, and here's more of our guys that you can see in the weeks coming. I was hoping to see the Shockmaster. Just saying. <laughs> So open here, Sting say, and we have the Shock Master, and I'll, then Dusty I'll, get. <laughs> I'll keep that in mind for you next time, next season. Um, DDP really uh, relies on the crutch of Good God. Yeah, the, oh, he was God. really trying to get that over. Oh, it, yeah. it, it, it worked, and then it didn't. <laughs> like uh, I was like, yeah, I'm down, and then I'm like, okay, I'm after uh, like I'm the sixth time. Like, all right, let's dial it back. Those we're Diamond Dolls were terrible. I hated the Diamond Dolls. Not a fan. No, they were all just awful. Feels like everybody in the '90s had like their own. Everybody now has their own talk show or something. This is the, the second the talk show we've seen. I know. <laughs> we had the. But they all have to have a name related to the gimmick. Every goddamn time. Uh, oh, we're we, in the danger zone. Oh, the the time time we did, didn't we do a a quiz? Uh, one uh, of our one of Jake's famous games about we had to about guess, the various uh, Lumberjake would name the wrestler, and you had to guess the title of their interview sh- program. The funeral oh. parlor, Heartbreak Hotel, the barber shop, the snake pit. Man, everybody just had to have their own little in- anyone that could talk, talk a little show. bit would get an interview. The brother love show, the Rio's roundup, both Bruce Pritchard. Like oh, it was crazy. God. So. Um, Diamond, uh, Diamond Dallas Page debuts the Diamond Stud, uh, who is Scott Hall, uh, looking amazing, looking like Razor Ramon. I would say he a little yeah. bigger than Razor Ramon, yeah. but uh, before Scott Hall never looked like this. He had like curly hair and a big curly porn stash. I literally said in my notes, Diamond Stud, the fuck. <laughs> like he's also wearing like a control top tights where it's going up over his belly, <laughs> which I'm like, all right. And he had a big awkward diamond on it. Um, he had uh he had the diamond dolls rip off his tearaway pants. Oh, it was the the whole segment was very weird, and I think that <laughs> kind of sums up the night. To be yeah, honest. yeah, I would agree with that. It, this was literally just all this shit thrown at the wall. This. And hoping I, for the best. I feel if this, like, and obviously we could talk about this later on, but, you know, I just feel if this card was just trimmed down, <laughs> I feel like the, the matches would have made a lot, like, in Less is the more. good matches. Yeah, exactly. And not only were there a lot of matches, there were a lot of just segments in between the matches, so which kind of also made it seem like it was much longer than it was. Yeah, yeah. and everything was just <clears throat> super short. Just yeah. Everything happened within a minute. Everything, the matches were short. The segments were short. Yeah, I need Like, to... even matches that should have been long, like the Barry Windham-Brian Pillman match that just went no time. That should have, like, been, like, the match of the night, but if it, it would have had it gone longer, that was... I think that's something that we talked about in the past where uh, wrestling was a lot more laxed and just there was a lot more downtime and there was a lot more things to kind of fit in on shows. They weren't as concerned with like, because they say, oh, we'll have the home video release and we'll just cut it down to two hours. So for the pay-per-view. Give the live crowd more. Right. And so for them, it's kind of the way WrestleMania is today where it's like get everybody on the show, whether they're in a match, whether. This was every show. Right. That, that, That was a very NWA thing and a very WCW thing, I feel like. 
Maybe not as much in the WWF, but it was definitely, it felt like something that WCW did a lot. Well, boys, strap in. And by strapping, I mean onto a gurney <laughs> because we have a stretcher match next. Jesus yeah, that was so many gimmick matches on this show that a I was battle, expecting. No super grudge matches, though. A <laughs> battle of the Giants. Battle of the Giants stretcher match. Uh, Psycho Sid, Justice Vicious versus El Gigante Gonzalez. Do you want to know my first reaction to this match? Yes. This is going <laughs> to suck. I literally have that written down. Well, El Gigante tries to roll the gurney behind him as he's walking to the But he keeps hitting the back of his feet and <laughs> yeah. stumbling. He's just like, just, it won't go straight. So he's like, fuck it, I'm just going to carry it. Is yep. that a metaphor for El Gigante's entire career? Just like trying to do something. And then just stumbling. And stumbling and finally just, I'll just pick it up and carry it. I'll just fuck it. Ugh, also, really at the end of the day, did he even need to bother to bring that stretcher to the ring? Um, no. Yeah, because... it was definitely a stretcher match in in the sense that there was a stretcher next to the ring. <laughs> that's that's my immediate thing. I was like, "What the fuck?" Sid's already over. Well, he's also over WCW. Yep, because he this would be his last show. He would be taken <laughs> off soon after. Wish it was his last show in general. <laughs> <laughs> now that would be uh, greed or sin or <laughs> one of those ones. <laughs> <laughs> or garbage. Yeah, you're you're right. You're right, Jake. Greed and sin both led to his downfall. It's true. <laughs> they were both garbage. I don't know why you put Sid in a match with this guy because Sid looked like a fucking monster. And putting but him next to Gigante, he looked like a fucking regular guy. I'll tell you why. He looked average. Yeah, he yeah. didn't. Even, he didn't look small. He looked just average. I'll tell you why. Because they wanted to bury Sid on his on his yeah. way out, but <laughs> Sid was not fucking going for that. And so Sid did his absolute best to like just be like, "Fuck you." And I mean, you're. I disagree. I think that was Sid trying his hardest. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, good on him. Honestly, if that's the case, if they're trying to like bury him on his way out, and he's still putting Fuck in him. his absolute effort well i mean again in a stretcher match where the plan was to have sid laid out in a stretcher and for the match to not even like there's no stretcher involved in the finish yeah exactly yeah the stretcher yeah one man gang is put on the stretcher (laughs) what one man gang is put on the stretch oh man okay remember that hulk hogan rick flair match was it a strap no it was vader Versus Pi strap match. And Flair ended up getting strapped on and then he got beat. That was the thing that reminded me. Why are all these other people coming out for this? Uh, El Gigante, Jim Ross says he uh, wears a 5X shirt. I've also been known to wear a 5X shirt. Oh, humble brag. (laughs) I've been known to wear a small X shirt. (laughs) Ooh, SX hot. Um, (laughs) This is just ugly and Sid's trying to be a ring general here. (laughs) Uh, at one point, he got demoted after the match. I will say the only time I've ever popped to see Sid Vicious is when I was watching Big Brother and his son was on the show Big yes. Brother. That was the only time I ever what? popped because wrestling. Is that a thing? That's yeah. a thing. That's, That's true. amazing. Yeah. WWE.com even interviewed him, and he's like, yeah, I have no no interest in going into wrestling. Um, So... It's this match. There's really not much to it. Sid runs into a big boot. At one point, Jim Ross is like, "Oh, I think he went low." I think uh, <coughs> that Sid- was only to cover for El Gigante's awful selling. Mm-hmm. I, he he sold like he does Giant Gonzalez, where he would get hit and he would act like he was afraid of something, ah! or that he was blind and couldn't see. Yeah, luckily that happened at the end. Finally, I think everything pretty much uh, the, the way to describe this match and this entire angle was just at the end when Sullivan and, and 
one man ganger out there, Sullivan holds the stretcher so that one man mm-hmm. gang can get slammed. Like I think that's like I'll put you on end. <laughs> like ugh. It's so bad. And then one man gang hits him with the fucking stretcher. Uh, Sid Vicious runs into a big boot, gets and gets clawed for the pin in the stretcher match. Does uh, Sid get a mullet? Is that a mullet count? Yep. Okay. I'd say they both do. So, uh, so you're gonna, you want to count Gigante? Yeah. No. Yeah. All right. No I'm not going to count Gigante. Yes. Take that, Mikey. <laughs> <laughs> really so we're at seven for the mullet count. Uh, favorite spot? None. Yeah, none. Honestly. None. Um, when One Man Gang hits him with a stretcher, it looks like it hurt him. It looks like it hurt El Gigante a bit. Uh, JC, how long did the match feel to you? 72 minutes. <laughs> Uh, it was uh, a minute and 20 seconds. It was two minutes even. All right. Uh, next it up, we got the longer. Thunderdome steel cage match between Ron Simmons and Thunder Butcher Reed. Doom cage yes, match. Don't get it correct. That's fucking amazing. We just got sued because you said Thunderdome. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's Doom explodes, and Teddy Long will be locked in a cage outside of the cage. Yeah. It's a, it's a very like gimmick on top of gimmick. Yeah. yeah it's it a was... hat on a hat, as they say <laughs> in the industry. That there was no reason to have and sometimes Teddy under- Long above the ring. Didn't they just do this angle in NXT recently? Yeah, they did yeah. it with um, Paul, Paul Ellering, Paul Ellering, Paul Ellering yeah. during the finals for the Dusty Rhodes Classic. The redundancy of the cage and then a cage, only to have spoiler, Teddy Long inter fucking fear in the match, <laughs> which happens <laughs> in every class- yeah. that's classic. That's classic. Why would they precariously put him in a cage and then rise him above the other cage just to give him enough room they, to throw a fucking chain th- in there? That's wrestling. Yeah, that that, yeah I mean, so to complain about that when all the other tropes are there, like I don't, I don't know. Like it would have been, it would have been more effective if they left him on the goddamn ground. But that's ne- that's not. Yeah. That's that's not but the he's end. in a cage about the ring. Yeah. Look at I me mean, scared. They've done there. that with Lawler. They've Everybody. done that with. Like, it's just so Finn Lawler actually got a fucking nosebleed. Well, no, he didn't. He do that on purpose. No, he. There was just something that happened. Okay. What is he gonna gig his nose? No, he did. So, I remember he pull a couple of those hairs out. Yeah, he purposely got himself to start bleeding his nose. Like, yeah, uh, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, I love that. That uh, I love the sax music for Butch Reed. He got mm-hmm. some really great sax entrance theme music. I love the um, just pure sex that was the Ron Simmons uh, fan sign. <laughs> <laughs> pure um, sex. I don't know. This was the uh, the night of a thousand bad fan signs. One someone had a big Josh sign that had the smallest Lettering. picture of big Josh you've ever seen. It's made out of glitter. Um, I will. I mean, we didn't really talk too much about the crowd, but I, I'd be remiss if we did not mention the fan after the Missy Hyatt promo, uh, pretending to gobble Jerk a cock. off his mouth. Yeah. The yes. giant, big, huge, giant cock that he was gobbling. Yes, and he was, he was also wearing a Bar, Bar Simpson shirt. Yeah, speaking then, of those uh, were the smart fans at the time. Yes, they kept going back yeah. to him a bunch of times. Speaking of big giant cock. This um, the, for the second yes. fucking show in a row. <laughs> yes. We got a little fucking dick. From the same, big dick. From the same move. The same exact spot. Ron Simmons got the front of his trunks pulled down. Yes. And we got a huge <laughs> th- thatch of his fucking pubis <laughs> yep. shown. Uh-huh. And you almost saw fucking Ron Simmons' little acolyte popping out. I can't... With these fucking every match was with these things. Whose dick will we see next? Ooh, Ooh hope it's Missy's. <laughs> <laughs> Missy I'd suck her dick. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Todd Harris is very uncomfortable now. Yeah. Burt Reynolds is called uh, 
Ron Simmons' Simmons's favorite wrestler. Yeah, they actually wanted to bring Burt Reynolds in to WCW. It never ended up working out. And Vince took notes, and he goes, someday. (laughs) One of these days. Uh, uh, Todd Harris, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, the the one thing that I liked was another, another crew, like, in a sense, crucial storytelling part of this match is when I forget who it was. It was it was either Jr. or Dusty, where they put over the fact that Ron Simmons has never been in a cage match before, and Butch Reed has. Yeah, yeah. So I, like I really like the fact that they were showing that Butch Reed is the experienced guy in this. Mm-hmm. He knows how to wrestle in this type of matchup. So when Ron Simmons eventually won, it made made it a right. better deal. Um, Ron Simmons took a whip into the cage. Busting his head and his mouth wide open. Yeah. Like, his mouth was all fucked up. It's gross. Um, the one thing that I really noted was this match between Jim Ross, just pretty much alone. How many football references can you get into one match? He's still making them right now about this <laughs> match. Uh, there was just, like, I feel like his brain was just going overload on, like, any football reference you could get in there. Um, I uh, Let's go into the uh, favorite spots of the yes. match. My favorite spot of the match was... Uh, Budge Reed hit his big top rope shoulder block on Ron Simmons, which is actually was his uh, his finish for a long time. It was called the bomb. Yeah, and that's uh, actually my spot too. I really yeah. Um, this was really the beginning of Ron Simmons' big push. Yeah. Uh, because it was what a year, I think. A year later, less than a year. Yeah, so probably yeah. like because this was in the back half of '91. So like, they, but they were already. This is uh, May of ninety one. Okay, so like this is uh, like this was something where a lot of people were leaving. Sid Vicious was leaving, things like that. Flair would be leaving. Yeah, they needed to find somebody new to push. Whether Simmons was ready for that role, I think this was one of those matches that really kind of put them in that direction. So they made him look really strong in the match. Yeah, luckily we also had um, Big Josh to fall back on. <laughs> right, right. Mike, what was your spot? Um, I like the good old classic battering ram into the cage, which just seems like a move you should see in every fucking cage match ever. Yeah, yeah. I'd agree with that. Absolutely. Uh, Reed uh, gets tossed a chain by Teddy Long. Simmons gets it first, but Reed gets a hold of it. Uh, throws the big punch. Simmons ducks. Huge spine bust. Yeah, That's all yep. she wrote. JC, how long did that match feel to you? Um, I'll say about eight minutes. The match went on nine thirty nine. Right, so right there. Uh, we get the uh, we get some more hype for the Steiner Brothers, Lex Luger, and Sting. Production music is in full force for their video package. I wish. I uh, see. I don't think that was the actual music they used for it. So oh, you I, think it was overdubbed? Yeah. So I, yeah, I, like Glory Days. Because I'll yeah. tell you what, I think it's a very WCW thing though to have cable access production music. Though. I, yeah. I, I, while I agree, I feel like it, it, it was something Dusty that had loves to be dubbed over. His real music, though. Yeah. I would love to see some original uh, content from that. Well, we'll have to look into that a little bit further. Sting and Lex Luger versus the Steiners. We uh, get an ugly lady holding up a Luger, Sting, and Rick Steiner action figure. <laughs> Fuck you, <laughs> Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Not buying your figure, even though it came in a two-pack. <laughs> uh, my first note of this, I don't know if it was Jim Ross or Dusty Rhodes, both discussing uh, Rick Steiner's low center of gravity. Yes. <laughs> Yes. And like Rick Steiner and Roadblock, Rock. the only two men in wrestling. Go for them low center of gravity. <laughs> I like how they explain the low center of gravity as uh, for neither men wanting to really work with each other. Yeah. They seem to both be uh, trying to start off strong, which is fine. I like the struggle. Well, I think that was actually good. I don't know about you guys, but to to me, this felt like kind of like a like a like a strong style Japanese match mm. yeah. where it was just all action. Like, there was no psychology built in this match. It was big move, big move, big move. Maybe Luger should have went to Japan. (laughs) (laughs) 
No psychology, eh? Mm. But I mean, that's that. <laughs> but it, it, I think it was because there was some, it was something so different than had been on the show so far. Like it just like it it just jumped it out action. at me. Yeah, it wasn't a squash. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, Lex Luger ran through a Rick Steiner jumping headbutt. He just, just plowed through him. Uh, Jake, this was the match that you mentioned. Randy Anderson did his giant dive yes. over Steiner and Luger. That was amazing. Like, yeah. he, he loved those Superman jumps, and he would also climb on the second rope when like there was like a ten punch going yeah. on. Yes. He'd come to the second, get down from there. It's like, you get tough from the Randy those, Anderson. Those WCW refs, I love them. Uh, so I, I've, I've realized that the best reversal to a torture rack is a fucking side rush. Side and rush leg sweep. <laughs> it was amazing. Like, holy shit. Like, so easy. I was like, what the fuck just happened? Yes, but it was so smart. Um, it was like Luger that did it, too, so... Jesus. Um, my biggest note was how fucking hot Scott Steiner was. Like when he came in, every move he did, explosive. Like it doesn't surprise me that every promoter since the formation of the Steiner brothers had tried to break up the Steiner brothers and push yeah. Scott. Like, yeah. but the downside to that is that by the time that Scott finally agreed to it, it was way too, too late. late. Yeah, uh, Rick Steiner actually almost got a, a brief push too. But he refused because he didn't want to leave Scott behind. He was supposed to be he was supposed to beat Ric Flair in thirty seconds at Starcade. That's amazing. Because they wanted to for him to steamroll Flair, kill him, and just beat him right there in the ring. Like I think Rick looked great here, but like it was just like you. It was very clear to me, just like Scotty coming in, big moves. Every like they like if they had decided to push him in like ninety three on top, and he agreed to it, he would have been a huge star. I don't this the team of Sting and Lex Luger. It nest it like I wouldn't think it would be good, but I actually really enjoyed it. I was gonna ask you. I took a note. Like I know how much you hate Sting, Jake, and I know your hatred of Sting has carried over. You know, in many conversations that we've had. <laughs> um, but like watching these recent best in shows, like has your opinion changed on Sting at least at all a little bit? Like I've, in the way I've always, um, I've always been, mo- I've always softened on Surfer Sting. It was okay. always more Crow Sting that I didn't okay. like. That's fair. Which is, uh, you know, I've I've got I don't have any hatred necessarily for Surfer Sting. All right, because I, yeah. I feel like if we go back to Beach Blast '92 and your conversation with Rui Batello. No, we started talking in overall <laughs> okay. discussion, right. and I didn't bury Sting for his. Well, I'm not even talking his, about burying him. I'm just saying you. I, I, I said his match with Cactus Jack was really good. I yeah. thought it was one of the. I, I may have even voted for that best, best match. I can't remember. But. I'll say that in watching these matches with Sting. I've been impressed with Sting. I forgot how good he could be. I love his little mm. plancha over the top rope. I thought that was fucking cool. That's my favorite spot of the match right so, there. Spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, let's go around and talk about spots. But, uh, so, Mikey, that was your spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Todd, what did you get? That was the same, the oh, same thing. thing. The same Jeez. thing. Cool. Um, uh, Sting and Lex Luger is a team. I, they're very feared by Dan Terry. <laughs> <laughs> and we will. That's we've I mean, already told that story. I'm pretty on sure. The air? I'm pretty sure we did. We buried Dan Terry with the story about Sting. <laughs> oh, because who who did we have He's on? We talking about it was like Kellen or something. Yeah, uh-huh. Kellen awesome. episode. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, so we've already buried him. Check it out. Listen to all our episodes to find out what episode we buried Dan Terry on. Hot boxing. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jake, what was your spot? Um, I think it was probably when um. Sting hit a face buster on Rick Steiner, and then Rick Steiner just said, fuck that noise. <laughs> yeah. And also when, uh, when Sting did the reverse power slam into the turnbuckle, which was Rick Steiner's yep. move at the time, um. and the fucking, and like, the commentary was like, that's Rick Steiner's move! They also did a fantastic double down where they would they were going back and forth a couple times, and it looked like Scott 
uh, uh, Rick had like fell wrongly into the ropes yeah. and came back and smacked the back of his head yeah. onto yeah. Luger's head. And I yes, I like that good. when he uh, it was like the duck the line and then he hit the ropes with his yeah. chest backed up and they yeah. d- d- collide with the heads. I always love those head to head spots. And I love that. Um, uh, I love the when Scott made a blind tag and Rick hit a top rope bulldog when Lex Luger wasn't paying attention. Yep. I uh, thought this was really... For two shows in a row, we have great cinematic uh, shots for WCW. Yes. Whereas in the last episode of Beach Blast 93, we have Sting making the, big, Sting making the big save. This time we have, again, we can see Nikita Koloff coming from the ramp. Yes. And it looks like he's going to fucking hit Luger. He's like st- he's like an old monster movie. Like yes. the way he's yeah. like just creeping, creeping down there. behind. And Sting saves, saves Luger. Takes the fucking bump. Finish right there. I've that, was, always, that was really cool. I thought he bladed the shit out of him. Yeah, that's yeah. great. I've always loved the friendship between Sting and Luger. Even when when Luger came back in '95 and he was the heel and Sting was the face, like they were still friends. And I really loved like just that relationship that they always had. That's one of those long ranging stories that have always like kind of like crossed over. Yeah, and uh, that's funny because it's like uh, the true life story of what had to happen where Sting vouched for Lex Luger and had to put his name on the fucking line for him. Right, Derek Bischoff. Yep. I mean, I've never cared for either one, to be honest. That's fa- hey, that's o- that's okay. I mean, I love Harris. I love Man Made in the USA, Lex Luger. I've always been a big fan of Man Made in the USA, Lex Luger. I've just never. Well, obviously, I was never a fan because I wasn't around to be a fan. <laughs> but I don't like Lex Luger. I wasn't when I, alive when I first heard of him. He had murdered Miss Elizabeth. <laughs> Well, I mean, allegedly. Well, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, that he's a conspiracy I mean, guy. He was, he didn't yeah, I'm get a him conspiracy into that. guy, and I love Macho Man way too much. It, it just the only wrong amount of love hey, for Macho know, Man is none. <laughs> hey, side note: I know his whole WrestleMania three promo. Ooh, I kind of do it. Yep, do it. Ooh, yeah, Macho Man Randy Savage, Intercontinental Heavyweight Champion, was in a state of shock when Ricky the Dragon Steamboat came back. Oh, yeah, but this time, in front of the largest audience in the world, not only will I embarrass you, not only pin you with the one, two, three count, but I'm going to put you out of wrestling for good. Oh, yeah, Dragon, I am the Lord and Master of the Ring, and you're going to find that out one athlete to another right now. You can't beat with me, no. History beckons the Macho Man, yeah. Fucking wow. amazing! Wow! Woo. Great that job. Good. That was that was a uh, homework at showcase. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just that's great. You asked if I watch old that's, school yeah. wrestling. Yeah, there it is. That is my favorite match. That's Ricky fantastic. And Macho wow. Man from WrestleMania three. I was just watching it yesterday for like the twentieth time. Awesome. awesome! What a great match that was. Truly one of the best. It holds up to. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I was just looking at uh, perusing the WWF. Uh, Best matches of all time matches, you know? It was uh, the, the playlist on WWE Network. And um, Ricky Steamboat and Randy Savage, not on that playlist. Wow. They have uh, Ric Flair versus Terry Funk. They have Ric Flair versus Ricky Steamboat that were right after each other. They have a lot of uh, questionable matches, I would say, but they do not have Ricky They have Ricky Steamboat versus Randy Savage huh. on their best matches of all time playlist. That seems uh, seems wrong. JC, how, well, how long does this match feel to you, this tag team match? Um, I feel like it, uh, so it was probably like an eight-minute match. Um, this is the match I wish went a lot longer. 
This match went 11 minutes and really? 9 seconds. You see, because I felt like because it was all action, like yeah. it just it went like boom, boom, boom. By the time Nikita came in for the run-in, I was like, oh, what the... F- oh, it's over? No, I want it to keep on going. Like, just have these four guys beat the fuck out of each other. Yeah, that, that that's literally what I said to myself. I was like, what? Why Nikita Koloff? Yeah. <laughs> because they point. had to fucking get Nikita over. Yo, that clothesline. You gotta you gotta get that fucking Wrapped Russian sickle. It's the sickle, over. damn it. it. Makes me <laughs> sickle to my stomach. They're like, hey guys, the Berlin Wall came down two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> and then Alex Wright showed up. Somebody say Berlin. Uh, <laughs> so next up, we got the TV. T- well, actually, Sting attacked Nikita Koloff in the back. I yeah, thought that I was really cool. That was fun. That was great. Very yeah. good. He knocked. He almost knocked over Fat Tony Schiavone. Should have <laughs> done it. Um, next up, we got the TV title match: Bobby Eaton versus Arn Anderson. And I wrote forget notes. I'm just gonna enjoy this one. And I wrote blonde mullet count eight. <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, to add to the shitty fan signs, we have uh, Bobby Eaton with his. With the Go Bobby Go in a separate, smaller writing. Mm. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> uh, and then uh, another favorite. Hey, Arn, there's a place for people like you. The bottom. Yeah, oh, the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> and if you uh, want to check out these screenshots, we will eventually have them up on ThruwayTheater.com and our Facebook censored, page. because we have Dustin Rhodes' dick on our Facebook It is not uncensored, and I tweeted Goldust directly and said he really hanged dong at uh, Beach Blast 93. <laughs> uh-huh. Did he respond? No. I'm pretty sure I now have a restraining order against me. Did you tweet Stardust? <laughs> no. <laughs> Goldust liked one of my tweets once. I know that was my mark out moment of 2016. <laughs> <laughs> um, I really enjoyed this match. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. how can you not? Um, I love the little bits of Aloha Arn on Dream Street. Yeah. <laughs> I like the, the training sequence at, at the beginning. It was like you didn't really see much when it came to like actually chaining throughout this show. Yeah. So it was a nice change of pace, and I love the fact that like. It's something that wrestlers like never do now. It's like sell the hand. Yeah. Whenever they throw a punch. It's and then Bobby Eaton was throwing such good fucking punches, and Arn Anderson sold that first one like he was fucking shot. Like, yeah. boom, just dropped him. Well, in general, my again, I'm with you, Jake. I was just one of those things where I just wanted to watch the match and really enjoy it. Yeah. But like the selling from both men were just like off the charts. The little things they did, you know, Eaton selling the knee. Uh, you know, like the punch, like everything was just his, his his selling of the knee during this entire match was just phenomenal. Absolutely, and he's like an older guy at this point. He's thirty two. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that blows my mind. They do one of my favorite spots of all time, which is the turnbuckle spot. You take three to the top turnbuckle, three, three to, to the, the middle second. turnbuckle, yeah. three yes. to the bottom. But he didn't. But he didn't say, do the last one on the floor. He didn't <laughs> say <laughs> delete. That's the only problem with that. <laughs> Can we kick him off the podcast? Right now? <laughs> <laughs> no, just kidding. No, it's working a Bobby Eaton match. <laughs> yeah, <son of> <laughs> Matt Hardy stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah, Matt Hardy one? was watching this match. Yeah. Um, on with the spine busting, and I thought it's all fucking over. It's done. Yeah, it's over. Nope. Yeah, I, nice I, I, I totally, I totally believe that is the finish. Also, did you guys watch the video footage from the WWE Starcade with uh, Arn Anderson in the Dolph Ziggler Bobby Roode match? Yeah, that was just like. All did these years, yeah, you fucking right. He did. It's amazing. He was outside the ring enforcer, and during oh. the match, uh, Dolph fucking knocked him down. And uh, it's great because Dolph Ziggler tells a story on the Edge and Christian podcast where, like, they're doing the match and. D- Dolph's like waiting for Arn to come back in the ring, but he's expecting it's gonna take a few minutes for Arn to like roll back in after getting knocked out. He says that fucking Arn Anderson, like a fucking cat, just fucking rolled in as quick as possible. And he's on his feet, and Dolph's like, oh, she's already there. <laughs> like, holy 
fuck? It's, and, like, it's like with The Undertaker, WrestleMania X8. Yeah. It was one of the out of best nowhere. in and out fucking things ever. And I know camera work has a lot to do with like the WrestleMania X8 one, but like, like, the, as he tells it, this was the opener of WWE Starcade, and Arn Anderson, out of the blue, like a cat, just fucking in the ring, pounced, ready, fucking ready to the spine buster him. Dolph walks right into it, fucking killer crowd goes ape shit and it's like Arn still fucking has it man and that was in 2017 and like I agree with you Mikey that fucking spine buster in this match like well that that's the finish right yep, like, yeah you would assume I felt the same way about the last show we watched when he hit that spine buster in the tag match yeah that was fucking yeah. great I mean not for nothing but also a spine buster had already finished a match beforehand so you would that's think true. that's yeah. true yeah. Simmons spine buster, right. not too bef- good point before. that's You're a great right. point um, um, I like but it wasn't an Arn spine that's buster. true that's true yeah. um I, I like that at the end when Bobby Eaton's at the top rope, you could tell there was going to be running because they're showing so much ramp. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, half of the screen is ramp. Um, I feel like the reason why, spoiler alert, Bobby Eaton wins, but, like, I feel like the way, the reason why this pop was so huge was because the fans had been trained at this point that a run-in was going to fuck yep. the finish. Caused everything to And when over. they reversed the fuck finish, and like, no, just kidding, Brian Pillman's here. Yeah, completely subverted everything. That was fantastic. Like, I definitely agree with and that. And then when Ian fucking hit the, like, holy shit, it's yeah. actually, like, I loved it. Like, that was... Perfectly, like, that's a perfect trope of like reverting those expectations, and you don't, you know. God, and and that fucking leg drop is so perfect and so beautiful. Alabama Jim didn't baby. even fucking touch on Anderson, and it looked like a million bucks. Mm-hmm. So I like yours. Your favorite that spot of the match. Um, Anderson using the rocket launcher against Eaton on, on the, ramp. the ramp. Yeah, that was also my spot of the match. I love the Alabama Jam. Yeah, Alabama yeah. Jam. Uh, I love the. That I loved move. it. I loved it because it as the, the finish, and then I loved the celebration. Bobby in hugging the referee. Yeah, exasperated. Yeah. Like he can't believe that he just won his first singles title. Yeah. And Jim, I, Ross, Jim Ross selling of it was huge too. Let I the man speak. Sorry, <laughs> I didn't expect Bobby Eaton to go over in this. Like I didn't know the outcome of the match. Yeah, me neither. Obviously, so as soon as I saw it, I I was in a state of shock. Like I was like. I was more over on Anderson. I mean, yeah, that's surprising, and also the positioning of the card, like the world television title, kind of like curtain right before the main event. Like I didn't expect it to go where it was gonna go. So I was, I I loved it. JC, how long that match feel to you? Um, say about ten minutes, ten and a half minutes. Uh, Eleven minutes, fifty seconds. All right. Uh, Tony Schiavone is with the Japanese contingent. Hiro Matsuda promises to take the belt <laughs> back to Japan. I believe the Japanese contingent is also Masa Saito and uh, Shinya Hashimoto, if I'm not mistaken. I just love this because Shivani's talking and the door's not open yes. all the way. It's only open a little bit, and you yes. just see the guys in there. There's like a red light in there. Yes. Um, because there's a Kenny Japanese. Ro- no, there's a Kenny Rogers roaster right in there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I just thought it was cool. It was cool. Uh, it made me laugh, and I noted that like Shivani was like he was like not supposed to be like, there, I'm and like <laughs> right, and like I like, hope they don't Pearl Harbor me. <laughs> <laughs> um, d- they didn't show clips from the new Japan, new uh, the no, Tokyo. They couldn't they possibly. I wish they had. Why? Like, Why couldn't? Well, because of this entire stupid storyline with the NWA champion being. Uh, you know, Fujinami. Held and, up. Like, yeah, it's it, it, like if they had just they didn't even hype this match in the pre in the upcoming right. And like, just so, it kind of like I mean, as as great as it could be, it feels like it went over like a fart in church for being Flair's swan song from WCW. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to be honest, had I not seen um like the the graphic at the when I clicked on the show, I would have never known that. The main event was Flair versus Fujinami. Yeah, they right. they don't build it up, they don't hype it. 
Which Not is a shame all. because, fuck, I love the finish of their first match in Tokyo. Yeah, but I mentioned this at the end of the last episode. Weren't you very bummed out? Um, I had felt bad for Tatsubi Fujinami because, like, to him, like, I just won the fucking title against Ric Flair. And the way that they had done it where there were two referees, Fonzie was one of the referees, who's also the referee in this match, was knocked out. Yeah. Um, but as he was getting help up, he noticed the over-the-top rope. Uh, Japanese refs referee yep. didn't know yeah. acknowledge it, and I feel like they did a good job of playing that into this match as well. Yeah. That's well, what they had too. They had uh, Tiger Hattori being the ref in the ring. Were they the same I referees from the first match? I believe so. I mean, I know Fonzie was. Yeah, the daddy, yeah, right down the middle, daddy. <laughs> Manager, a champion. I fucking love that Fonzie was there. I yeah. I like. I got so excited. Fonzie was great because he was that referee that was in WCW. Then all of a sudden he was on WF TV, yep. and then it was down in ECW. Yep. And I was like, yep. "What the hell?" He's all over. But it made me, it, for me as a young Mark, made me feel like wrestling was more legitimate that way. Yeah. Oh, he's an official. He can go to different companies because yeah. he's That's he's cool. a referee everywhere. Like that was one of those things. I love that when Flair comes out, he has a fucking maid, a butler, Fifi. a chef, and a fucking random piece of ass. And he fucking takes off his Rolex and shit's fucking ready to go. Mm -hmm. That was not Fifi, by the way. It wasn't? No, no it was Random Maid. Yep. Oh, I love Random Maid. <laughs> <laughs> it's better than Minute Maid. So we have two refs, Tiger Hattori and Bill Alfonso, because of the mix-up last mm -hmm. time. There's not going to be any mix-up. Bill Alfonso is... Very vocal and <laughs> he's involved. pushy too. He's very pushy. At one point, he uh, Tatsumi Fujinami's looking to put Ric Flair in the uh, Scorpion Deathlock, and he's like holding the top rope, and Bill Alfonso swiping at his hand, like, knocking at his it. hand off the top rope, and then he pushes Flair off the rope, starting the reverse figure four. Yeah, like he just got very handsy. Like, uh, <laughs> well, that plays. Into he looks the like finish. he'd be handsy. Uh, <laughs> he's not teethy. <laughs> uh, Tatsumi Fujinami goes for the good old famous Ric Flair slam off the top rope. Yeah. But he only has one hand, like, in the uh, abdominal yeah, Rick region. grabs his hand yeah. and puts it in position. Ric Flair has to reach <laughs> and no, grab it. here. Yeah, and put his hand up to his own throat <laughs> to take the slam. trying to pull it away. No, just put it here. <laughs> right. Put it here, damn it. Yeah. And uh, uh, also at one point, uh, Ric Flair does a monkey flip, which Satsumi rolls through with, and Flair's on top, and he tries to, like, kick up for a reversal, but he doesn't, and he just gets pinned. Yeah. <laughs> it was just clearly a three-count yeah. that just gets ignored. Um, one of my biggest notes here is that, unfortunately, this match is not getting over with the St. Pete crowd. Like, I feel like they were just not, like, they were working a match a very specific way. I love at the very beginning when there's a bunch of white rednecks with a bunch of Japanese yep. fucking letting go, Tatsumi! Those were the smart marks. That's Those the, are the smart marks of the time. And that's the thing. The, the main thing that when going into this match that just spr sprung up on me, it was the fact that this is, like, Ring of Honor back in the day. Oh, yeah. That, that just blew my mind because I always just thought of WCW as, like, Monday Nitro and everything like that. But yeah. now I'm thinking of it as, holy shit, this is where... Like, this is the same yeah. format that Ring of Honor would like a, do uh, now. Yes, like Takeshi Morishima back in the day in Japan, uh, Ring of Honor. He was the big Japanese monster at the time. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. It is definitely something that Ring of Honor definitely tries to utilize today. They're working agreements with their companies. Um, that NWA to WCW was doing that for so long, and they were really great at it, bringing those special matches. There was a point in this match that made me cringe. When they couldn't get up for the bridge, yeah, yeah, yeah. after trying, and they kept trying and trying. 
Um, I was like, oh, was maybe really this is it. For him. Yeah, I was yeah. really like, oh, come on, do it this time. Oh. At a combined age of fucking like 93. I just couldn't get it up. It would have been <laughs> awesome if they did it. Yeah. Um, this is where I also noted that blood means nothing at this point. Yeah, those, that, fuck, those fucking razor sharp guardrails. Like that first match with Wyndham and Pillman, you're like, oh yeah, fucking blood. That's great for this big. Like, but then it's what? They did it in the fucking cage match, and yeah. they did like there's every. I couldn't match. tell if Ron Simmons bladed or that was hard way. I think it was hard way. Oh, maybe it he was. smashed his know. head right into the at side least of that. His mouth was hard. His way. mouth was hard way, and then his head, possibly a gig. But even then, um, my girlfriend didn't even. She was like, "You think so?" Because he just kind of. Smashed his face into the fucking post. But um, to its defense, I will say that it did show that the later half of the card were the more serious matches. If sure, anything. yeah, it built. It definitely that. built. I'll give it yeah. that. It definitely, you know, between those that fucking Dan Spivey match yeah. to like, you know, has it, it built up to something. Um, I did have a couple of great Dusty quotes in this match. Uh, you don't know whether to give up or go blind. <laughs> yeah, that um, was when the flare was in the octopus. And then my other favorite. That's as close as you'll get to those chitlins and. <laughs> like what the fuck? <laughs> At one point yeah. in this match, um, Tatsumi Fujinami turns his back on Ric Flair, who runs up and back chops, <laughs> chops him in the back because he Flair was trying to get him to fucking fire up, yeah. and he just wouldn't. He, he would hit something and away and from he, him. You're right. He would never follow up. He would hit something and then he'd slowly either walk towards you or just completely turn his back. So Flair was like, "Fuck you!" I'm gonna chop you in the back, and he just turned around and just fucking punched him in the head. <laughs> Flair just got punched in the head and just dropped. Oh man. Um. Finish. Yeah. The octopus stretch, I feel, is when the crowd really started turning in Ric Flair's favor. Well, Fla- I feel like they already wanted the cheer for Flair, and like he was working very hard to be a heel. It reminded me when right before when Hogan came in, where their Flair was trying to desperately turn himself, and like he would do anything to like cheat yeah. and to like be a, a, sh- a chicken shit heel, and like the crowd was like, "No, we still love you, Rick. Don't like, you worry. <laughs> yeah, we're we're gonna cheer you anyway." Uh, Tatsumi Fujinami fell on top of Ric Flair on a slam for a close two count, very close two count. Uh, Tetsumi Fujinami had a small package for two, an O'Connor roll, but the kickout sends him head first into Tiger Hattori, where they collided heads. And, uh, it was a Rick, good bump. Ric Flair rolled him up with he a handful of... He should not have been in that spot at all. Right. Yeah, he should have been behind, right. checking on Ric Flair's shoulders. Randy Anderson would have dove over and completely <laughs> missed yeah, the Yeah, he bump. would have sunset flipped <laughs> fucking Fujinami. Um, and then uh, Belfonso gets into the ring, with, well, Flair makes the roll up with a handful of tights. And right in front of Possibly a fast count. Yes. Yes. No. It was. Well, and that, I think that was done for the Japanese for for the NWA to protect that. Yeah. Well, you're it was definitely a handful of tights. Um, definitely a handful of tights. But when they're both before, right before this, Tatsumi's on the outside, Flair's on the ramp, and to me, it looked like Alfonso was helping Flair up and pushed him back into the ring. Well, I mean, Which Fonzie was to the finish. Fonzie was so handsy. I yeah, he was yeah so would quick. not put it past him. He was him. so quick to jump into that. I ring missed that with the roll. I don't know if I mean it was. Just I me, believe it, but yeah, I really liked how it was kind of like a screw job in a way. Like it was a screw sure job belt. to appease the NWA board of directors to say, oh, you know, this is a fucking you know screw yeah. job finish. Yep. Um, but you you were sitting here right now debating it, was it? Or like yeah. you know, um, JC, how long did that match feel to you? Uh, felt about like. 15. Match went 18 minutes and 6 seconds. Wow. All right. I uh, felt it went a little too long, personally. I feel if the, it went a little shorter and then added those extra minutes to the other yeah. matches, like the, the tape fist match. and I agree. The tag title match. Yep. It would have The show would have been 10 times better. Well, shit, man. We Tetsubi got through 12 Fu- matches. Oh. Tetsumi Fujinami's chest was gross by the end of this. Yep. It was yeah. fucking welted, bruised, fucking gross. Hey, yeah. 
That's exactly what I showed my friends. I was like, hey, hey, wrestling's fake. Fuck you guys. And then we had, uh, and then during the credits, I just wanted to, uh, many of them were once again the same. And then for t- uh, Dusty Rhodes' assistants, it was listed as Mr. Reynolds' assistants. Terry Allen, Magnum TA, Mike Gossett, who is Mike Graham, Joe Hamilton Sr., who is uh, the assassin, Aurelian Smith, who is Grizzly Smith, and Janice Angle, who is Janie Engel. Nice. Yeah. All right. Well, we went through this marathon show, 12 matches, and I will say I appreciate our listeners for sticking with us for probably the longest episode we've had since number one. Well, Body so, slam? Yep. Yeah, we are, uh, we're almost, we're about two hours and 20 minutes in, so we, we need do to make sure the matches, the shows we pick have lesser matches. Well, I mean, when we ever nope. get to uh, fucking Wrestle Rock. We're not fucking doing Wrestle Rock. <laughs> It'll be a three-parter. It'll be a <laughs> trilogy. Christ. I still have my notes for Wrestle Rock, by the I way. I do as well. <laughs> we should do lost episode, Wrestle Rock. <laughs> Just what we still remember. Um, so, Jake, you got the you got the matches for it's us? It's time. To mm. find out what the best in show was. Yes, of course. And well, first we've got to go through the Meltzer rating. What oh. Dave Meltzer believed yes. everything was. Uh, the worst match of the night for Dave Meltzer was the negative three stars, Oz versus Tim Parker. Oh, oh come on. <laughs> Ne- I don't even know if you can barely call that a match. Jesus Christ. Negative three stars. Well, you know this is match of the night. Negative one star, El Gigante versus Sid. Oh, okay. Um, what, do you want the, the best match of well, the yeah, night? Well, yeah, I was, yeah, I, I mean, was that's what we do. We do the worst match. match and the best match. Uh, but. Dave Meltzer's best match of the night was four and a half stars for Steiner Brothers versus Sting and Lex Luger. All right. So I'm surprised Meltzer gave it that rating, to be honest. Yeah. Because it was a Japanese-style match. Okay. Tetsumi right. Fujinami and Ric Flair got yeah, three and three quarters. The Pistols and Freebirds and Pillman and Wyndham both got three and a half. Okay. And Arn and Bobby got three and one quarter. All right. Um, Meltzer's such a snob. Worst match of the night, we have Dan Spivey versus Ricky Morton. Man, I wonder who that was. So one for for Dan. In Morton. And uh, the best match, Arn Anderson versus Bobby Eaton. All right. Worst match, uh, Big Josh versus Black Bart. Best match, Bobby Eaton versus Arn Anderson. Ooh. Best match, Sting and Luger versus the Steiners. Worst match, Sid Vicious versus El Gigante. And favorite match, Steiner Brothers versus Sting and Luger. Worst match, Black Bart versus Big Josh. All right. That means Black Bart and Big Josh is our worst match of the night. And uh, Dave Meltzer is always our tiebreaker. Is he? So Sting, the Steiner Brothers versus Sting and Lex Luger take All right. the match of the night. All right. Well, I'll tell you right now, I voted for the tag title match. So did I. I voted for Anderson and Eaton. Same. All right. right. Mikey, once again, simpatico. See, I fuck Meltzer because I, <laughs> you can't give that that fucking Oz match was yeah. exactly what it was supposed yes, to be. Exactly. It was a quick squash to put over fucking Oz. Can you really call the it entrance three lasted longer? Negative no, three. Why? And why? then Black Bart versus Big Josh was a dud. Like I would call it a dud, if anything, the Oz yeah. match. Yes, yes. You can't call that a match. Yeah. It was a shoulder block and then a very clever finish. Yeah. Very smart but, finish. Like, I mean, I get that Oz is stupid. I get that the entrance was awful. But, like, that doesn't have any bearing on, like, you can't you can't call that a negative three stars. I agree. Fuck it. Fuck it. Fuck it. Then, uh, then should we call the next one Sid versus El Gigante the worst match of the night, then? For me, it was. That's what, I, that's what I chose. Nah, I was like, fuck Dan Spivey. Yeah. Well, we, <laughs> we know your feelings on Dan Spivey. <laughs> so, Mikey, you also voted for Big Josh versus Black Yes. Man. I that agree was, with that. That was the worst match of the night. I agree All right. So, I mm-hmm. just... 
hated the lack of psychology in that match. All right. Just like you, you, you finished the first <laughs> match with a DDT, and this guy just is just like, fuck you, people. How I'm about this very first it. move? That's <laughs> fucking first. <laughs> Todd. Tell us, like, do you do you, you want to plug your Instagram? Plug you know, for our for our dozens of listeners, do you like, want to? We have like fifty. Yeah, we have a couple. Yeah. They won't like any of your show. Yeah, we yeah, now have there. forty after this show, yeah. but you know. Well, <laughs> for Instagram, it is the underscore real underscore th ten thirty two. Jesus, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. Fuck. I Nobody. need you to come up with an easier name. <laughs> yeah, my, I know, my Instagram right? is the <laughs> underscore real underscore Britney Spears. <laughs> <laughs> but my Twitter is a lot easier. It's just brg underscore 1032. I'm going to cut you off there. That is not easier. <laughs> that, that is so <laughs> I'm just going to be honest no, with you. Too many underscores, too many numbers. Why can't you be at Todd Harris? <laughs> because I'm a fucking millennial. That's why. God, you got to make shit So for those that missed it, he's LMNOP at 902. <laughs> <laughs> uh, get him on AIM. As <laughs> My aim was what's AIM? <laughs> oh, fuck. I was too young for that. Don Harris like, what's AOL? <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. What? MySpace, too? I mean, yeah. I, I was going to, but not anymore. Yeah, not they, now. You can download this podcast on LimeWire. <laughs> but if you download us on Kazad, you're going to get viruses. Yeah, it's just really going to be a 30-second promo of someone <laughs> pretending to be Bill Clinton. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> Remember right. that? Yeah. My fellow Americans. Um, what's coming up next? Yeah, what's coming up on uh, Best in Show, my sir? Uh, we have a few things scheduled for Best in Show. Uh, I don't know. We, have, we can. It's going to be up to you guys to tell me. What well, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, our boy Rui Batello will be coming up. So yes, what that, uh, Roy, uh, Roy Batello, his brother, <laughs> right? will be reviewing... <laughs> Royal Rumble 1996. Oh, just in time for the. Oh wait, no, we're way, way past way that. Late. Just in time for the Royal Rumble. Yeah. I'm super excited for the Royal Rumble 96. Royal Rumble 96 is actually my personal favorite Royal Rumble. I I and I got it on pay per view actually. Oh, I'm fucking yeah. excited for that. All right. All right. Um, so as far as our regular episodes, uh, you know, we have a bunch of things coming up. We have our TV episodes coming up. Um, you can catch it all on threewaytheater.com. We are now on Stitcher Radio as well as the TuneIn Tune app. app. Um, still on Podbean and iTunes, so you can rate, review, subscribe. Please review, please. I beg you. No. All right. All right. Well, if I mean, if you're still listening, I mean, at this point, doubt it. You've fallen asleep to Best in Show, and we appreciate that. Body slam, <laughs> take me to the <laughs> limit if you can. Thank you, Todd Harris. Thank you very much for joining Todd us, Todd. You yeah. did great. You got fired up, and I loved it. Yeah, it was a great time, honestly. And I mean, take notes, and, future uh, guests. Maybe we'll have you back, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm Mike Taylor. I'm over Jake. <laughs> JC. And this is Ben. And, and this guy this is... And, and, and I'm Todd Harris. Listen, we, don't make, we don't let the guests do that. They don't yeah, know what they're doing. That's what we always do on Best in Show. Three-way theater with the rest of us, ready? Okay, you got and, it. And, and you're this, is this is Ben. Five-star classic. Uh, imagine the... Three-way three theater. theater show. <laughs> Uh, the three-way theater. Yeah, three-way theater, best in show. Professionals. We are the professionals. <laughs> Great fully work by Lumberjake once again. That was a real fart. <laughs> I know you can't believe it. <laughs>